Welcome to Hearing Your Side, a podcast for friendly conversations about controversial subjects. I'm your host, Brad Miller, and our topic today is Catholicism. My guest is my friend Randy, who's a devout Catholic. We discuss the Catholic Church and its many controversial practices, its scandals, and issues between Catholics and Protestants. Randy and I love discussing this topic, so I'd say the conversation got pretty spirited, but I think it's still friendly, and I hope you enjoy it. Welcome, Randy. Thank you. Thank you for uh, joining me. Thank you for having me. We're recording this in the middle of Lent, and I feel bad because you walked in and I had the biggest ham smell emanating in the house because I just heated up a bunch of stuff. But is that uh, a stumbling block for you? No, that's okay. After many, (laughs) many years of, uh, you know, not eating meat on Friday, it's not a big deal. I don't really even like ham anyway. Okay, good, good. What did you have today? Because I offered to buy you a fish sandwich. Right. You, you turned it down, but still, you, you said you were eating. So what, yeah, if you don't uh, mind me asking, what did you have? Yeah, nothing special. Uh, some cereal. I mean, throughout the whole day, cereal, pizza, protein bars, eggs, toast. Nice. All right. Rocky over here. Yeah, that's Getting it going. Do you take it to another level above the typical? Like, wh- what's the typical? The typical Catholic is no meat on Friday, and fish is not considered part of that. I mean, I won't make... The obvious comment a lot of people say of, well, fish is is meat, too. I guess you probably hear that all the time, right? Uh, no, I don't really ever hear that. Yeah. But it, I think if you get technical, it gets into, like, flesh animal. Okay, right. So, it's, so that's, it's, I think that's what, like, yeah. the whole flesh animal right. is considered meat. But it's kind of meant to be a sacrifice. <laughs> right, penitential. Um, I mean, I don't know the, you know the entire history of it. But I'll touch on another topic related to that uh, as far as, you know, what, what are Catholics supposed to be doing? every other Friday of the year, not during Lent. So during Lent, oh, okay. everybody, right, you're not allowed to eat meat. Now, before Vatican Council II, and, and that's a whole other topic, <laughs> yeah. any of the listeners out there who know about Vatican Council II, I mean, People that, that, look that that's up. a whole other yeah. can of worms. But, you know, there are a lot of uh, changes in, in not teachings of the church, but practices of the church. Sure. And, you know, confused a lot of people and things like that. But so my, my point I'm getting at is before Vatican Council II, which is in like 1965, okay. I think 62 to 65. But um, before Vatican Council II, every Friday of the year, including Lent, but all every Friday, uh, Catholics were not allowed to eat meat, right? As a, as a form of penance, Friday being the day Jesus died, mm-hmm. uh, no one was allowed to eat meat. Now, after Vatican Council II, the church, you know, and so it's like good and bad. The church recognized that any more, a lot of people may not even eat meat on Fridays anyway. So it really wasn't... as much of a sacrifice. Right, so it wasn't yeah. much of a sacrifice. Now, if you go back yeah. to, you know, 1900s when, you know, all you really ate were probably like, you know, soup and meat, whatever, like right. meat more, was a main, yeah. more of a main staple. Yeah, you really so, feel it if you give it up. Right. So um, the idea was after Vatican Council II was, well, let the people decide what they want to give up on Friday because, you know, if I don't eat meat anyway, maybe I'll give up bread, which maybe I'd Right, so that's a legitimate Catholic teaching then because I notice some Catholics will be like, well, I'm giving up, you know, uh, Sour Patch Kids. Right, well, no, so I now this is outside <laughs> of Lent. First of all, this is just okay. like what, typical okay, right, every Friday. Right, yeah. Now, what happened in that whole process was I don't think the church did a good job of explaining that to people. And if you talk to, you know, 
we'll say you're nominal Catholic today. Right. Uh, they think the church said, I don't have to give up anything on Friday. And um, ultimately, if you do not give up anything, like give up TV or I'm not going to, you know, right. on Friday, I'm not going to eat bread. I'm not going to whatever, mm-hmm. you know, drink coffee. You are, you know, the default is, yes, you are still obligated to give up meat every Friday of okay. the year if you do not choose something else. Now, that teaching sort of, uh, I don't know what happened. But so my point is, so that's every Friday. Now, in Lent, yes, I think the church just um, wanted to be a little more strict and, you know, make sure the point gets across that right. Mm-hmm. So in Lent, every Friday, uh, you're not allowed to eat meat regardless. So this, so. this is that thing where you mentioned a lot of Catholics are confused about a certain thing or don't do a certain thing, and you try to be as devout as you can. I mean, well, what do you do? You call yourself a devout Catholic or something? I mean, do you do you add any extra like a fundamental Catholic? Um, or not necessarily. Like I mean, you know, obviously you want to be watch, you know, not go down the route of the Pharisees and all that stuff. <laughs> you know I mean? But uh, I mean, I would say one, I'm a practicing Catholic, so practicing Catholic. I've heard you say that before, and right. I do feel it. And I'll just say this: it doesn't it doesn't bother me. It's actually something I respect about you is you try, it seems like, to practice what you preach. Right, and yeah. I will hear people that I know who are Catholic, I won't name any specifics, but, you know, people that will say, oh, yeah, I guess we got to do this or whatever, or I'm, I don't really know, I, I, I'm not going to do it today or whatever. And they just kind of treat it willy-nilly. I grew up around a lot of Catholics like that. I think that influenced, and we can maybe talk about this at some point, our, our views of the other side, as it were. Like your views of, you know, quote unquote, non-Catholics, Protestants, whatever. Right. Um, But I saw a lot of that where it was like, boy, these people are just doing this to do it. They do not care. And I've never got that vibe from you. I've always got, okay, this is the rule. And I'll even try to maybe even go a step above. But it sounds like you're saying you're just just falling in line with the standard practicing. Yeah, I I I think I do. Yeah, Uh, I need, I mean, I do what I'm asked to do. Uh, Seems simple, but it's a little bit rare, Uh, at least for me. I've seen that, right? Um, yeah, I mean, it depends, right? Depends on who you're talking to, but right. Unfortunately, I mean, I think it's double-edged. Like the church, I think, has dropped the ball as far as communicating the faith, you know, over whatever the last 40, 50, whatever years, I mean, whatever. Uh, and I think people themselves, though, I'm not saying they don't deliberately want to know the faith, but they don't take the time to know it. I mean, like there's a, you know, I mean, I get if you're 16, you know, maybe you don't think it's as important, but I mean, as you get older, <laughs> obviously, you know, you get closer to death and all of that. I mean, you sure. start thinking more about the, and I, and that's unfortunate. I think a lot of people don't think about the big questions. They just, right. they think, oh, everyone's just going to go to heaven because God just loves everybody. Kind of a general Right. Approach. And I mean, obviously that's, I think the culture. shallow approach. Right. Maybe. Yeah. I think the culture's, you know. Yeah selling that message in general too yeah, but and you definitely don't have that problem because i know you have a massive painting on your wall of a guy on his deathbed you're okay with me giving this away yeah that's not. <laughs> you have two giant paintings the one is a guy on his deathbed surrounded by like demons dragons right. it's like a medieval style painting right and it's right. a big old painting right on your wall no one can miss it, right? Right. And that's a guy getting his last rites. Is that the idea? Or no, it's it's the it's the guy who didn't. Right. That's so right. All, okay, right. Right, right. They're called a good death and a bad death. And so meaning, you know, a good death would be like your soul's prepared to be judged by God. Mm-hmm. A bad death would be it's not. So um mm-hmm. the two pictures, one depicting, you know, somebody in a bad death, right? Attachment to the world, devils, vanity, you know, money, all those things, and the guy in the good death. Right, the, the room's bare. Uh, there's some, you'd call them instruments of penance, which, you know, I mean, anything you would do to offer anything up for, you know, yourself or other souls, but uh, rosaries, things like that, uh, yeah. obviously at peace with no. God and, and yeah. things like that. But What but. do you think, 
does a person because I am I this is why I like having you on because I like asking you directly. Yeah, is a person that is just dying that can't do that. Obviously, the Catholic Church has some kind of a a belief about that person, the believer who just dies on like the battlefield or something. I mean, I know there are chaplains and things right, that right, might right. try. I've seen movies where they're trying to give a guy's last rites. Is that just a bonus in the afterlife, or or is that? deciding at that moment the, the man's fate, regardless of what he did, you know, and the forgive, last me, right forgive stuff me for like, being confused about that stuff, but yeah, like the last rites, is that essential for that per, for that Catholic to then, you know, enter heaven? Uh, no, I wouldn't, I mean, I, I wouldn't say it's essential, no. Um, is it beneficial? Yes. So, you okay. know, I mean, there's a lot of things, you know, you'd have to strip away there, like, for example, the opportunity to make a confession or not. I mean... That's what I'm bringing up. Is a case where a person would just get blown up Right, right. You know what I mean? Obviously, it's not like, you know, they have, right. they have the option. And I'm sure the church knows that. Right. No, right. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, I mean, everyone will be judged, I mean, according to, yeah, I mean, the way they've lived and in, in all of that stuff. And, you know, at the moment of death, I, I would say what they're, you know, if there's, right, a faithful soldier out there and he gets blown up. Uh, Hacksaw Ridge. Right. I mean, I would imagine he has, <laughs> he will have a, you know, a favorable judgment, I would think. Whereas somebody's out there, right, who's, you know... Right not Hacksaw Ridge, I mean, you know, into all the evils of the world and just gets blown up running through the field. No, I mean, he, like, that yeah. would be like, he wasn't prepared. He didn't well, and prepare I'm not, soul. Yeah, and I'm not asking you to, like, tell me defini- no, no. <laughs> definitively. <laughs> right, right. It was just like, you know, the teaching of the church, right. you know, and all that. So, yeah, the last rites, right. I would just say help. I yeah. mean, they help. There's certain graces that come along with it where, right. you know, certainly at the moment of death, uh, the church would teach. I mean, that's sort of like, uh, you know, spiritually is going to be the devil's last attempt to, you know, maybe try to get you to fall into doubt or despair or, or really, you know, some sin maybe that you've already confessed and repented for that you committed, you know, 40 years ago, you're really like starting to almost maybe uh, challenge your, your, you know, your hope or trust in God or anything like that. So point is, last rites, you would receive graces to help strengthen you against the attacks of the okay. devil maybe at so those last moments. Yeah, it's trying to sort of like fortify against some, right. of, the, some of that stuff that can happen. That's cool. Now, I mean, like I said, you have these paintings on your wall. Of everybody I know who considers themselves Catholic, I think you probably go the furthest in terms of art on the wall, pictures of the Pope, pictures of the previous Pope. Sure. Um, you know, I hope you don't mind me saying it. No, this, that's but okay. Just, yeah, right. I think it illustrates the point of like, you obviously got to a point where you were like, I'm going to be a Catholic, I'm going to follow in you know the church's teachings, and I'm going to go all out and give an example to my children and people that come over. You're not embarrassed whatsoever. Right. So I kind of want to know how you got to that point. I mean, you were raised Catholic, but... That's a lot of people, you right, know, and, and, right. I, and I, you know, heck, I went to youth group, and a lot of those people don't believe anymore. And so, like, what do you think it, it is that keeps you a Catholic? I, I'm sure you're not one of those people that just says, "Well, my mom believed it." Right. I know you even considered at one point being a uh, priest, right? Or, right. Or some. I, did I say that right? Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. <laughs> I know there was a couple things you you said that you were part of a uh, fellowship or something at one point. Uh, no. Well, so I entered a monastery. Monastery. Uh, okay. You don't have to become a priest. You could become just right. a monk. I mean, technically, but uh, I mean, most people would become. I mean, yeah. become the priest. But you got to that point where you you seriously considered that. Right. So, what do, what do you attribute that to? I never really asked you. That. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> thanks. Um. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, obviously, I would, I would think there was the hand of God in there somewhere. Um, I do believe, and I know we've talked about this before. You know, when in, whether we get into this or not, you know, when we talk about, uh, you know, obviously, I would say the Catholic Church is the truth. You know, in, in, in you know, we talk about the questions about that, and um, I do believe for anybody, uh, even someone you know, non-Christian, I think if anybody's seeking the truth, 
they ultimately will be led to the Catholic Church. Now, it may take years, and you know, I mean, you may have to go down a bunch of different routes and roads and that. But I'm saying, I think if you're seeking truth, I mean, I think God, you know, right, extends His help in that. I mean, I don't think it's mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, you just never so, find it. So, so one is, I think seeking the truth. So one, I was saying, I, I mean, I was saying, I think obviously God had something to do with it. That like, uh, I started taking the spiritual life and things like that. You know, not the worldly things. More importantly, and started like, what's important in the world? You know, obviously, we it all comes back to. I think um, there's Saint Alphonsus Liguori wrote some books about death and stuff. And it's like, you know, it always comes down to, right? And I always think it's like, you know, everybody's going to die. So does not everybody, and even if you don't agree with the Catholic Church, or you don't even agree with, I mean, whatever your thoughts are on, but don't you want to have, aren't you just curious to like, why don't you want to form an opinion on what it, of of what might happen to me? So, I mean, I think, right. But unfortunately, I think a lot of people in our culture don't ask that question, which is so like, and I mean, that's probably the devil wants to confuse them anyway, but so I mean or I would the, say or one. they'll ask it and then they'll just distract themselves from right. I, I notice a lot of people will say that about entertainment or alcohol or whatever it is. They'll say this keeps me from thinking about death. Right. You know they they were actively trying to not think about death. So for you, was this in your twenties? Was this in your teenage years um, that you started being like I got to think seriously about the end of my life, the way I'm living? Uh, I think twenties probably. I uh, came out of college. And I guess part of it is, you know, when you're in high school and college, yeah, you might work, you know, part-time jobs or internships, but I don't know. It's not the real world. You right. mean? And I think I came out and not so much like, oh man, this is the real world. But I think it started with, you know, I started asking myself, so I was working in an office, which, you know, hated it. That wasn't for me. And so I started asking mm-hmm. myself, you know, what's the purpose of life? Do you mean, it's not just to go for me, man, <laughs> to put anybody who works down in an office. Sure, sure. And, and sometimes <laughs> people have to do that to provide and all that. I mean, yeah. that's, that's noble. I get that. But for me, it wasn't going to an office, sitting behind a computer eight hours a day, and then just going home and eating food. And You yeah, can I mean, start to see a pattern emerge <laughs> right. where you're just going to do that for the rest of your life. Right, like that yeah. That can't it's be... A a, right. Story, and, and keep in mind, I mean, like you said, I, I mean, I was raised Catholic, and mm-hmm. for the most part, I mean, I still always right did the cultural Catholic things, went to church and all that. But and that's what I'm saying is I was raised in a Christian family, right. and I know a lot of people who were that just abandoned it. So that's, right. you know, I do think something... I think people too often will say, oh, you were just raised that way. Right. Forgetting the fact that tons of people abandon the faith that they were raised right. in, and, and the ones who stay in it, stay in it for some reason. Yeah, I really think just asking what are the serious questions of life, mm-hmm. right? That's, I think, where it all started. In, uh, I like it. Yeah. So. I like that about you. I like that you Thanks. like to have these spiritual conversations, because we were talking right before we recorded about how there's these taboo topics. Never discuss religion, never discuss politics if you're at a party. And it's almost always at a party at your house or whatever that we end up on the side discussing these things. And we try, I think, I try not to embarrass the people that are there and not get too loud or animated or whatever, but it's never been an argument with you. We will discuss all these different... And and people might be listening and say, a Catholic and a Christian or a non-Catholic Christian, what is the real big difference there? It's like, it's not that exciting. Right. But, I mean, there has been historically some pretty big beef sometimes between these these views. Right. Did you grow up with any view? I think you had said at one point you actually thought that everyone in the world was Catholic, right? Right. I, said, right. I mean, I realized not everybody was, but not right. Uh, all the way up to college, uh, you know, probably shows what a poor, like, world histories classes I've had. But uh, I didn't think about in that. In my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, probably up until college, 
I just assumed, and I mean, I knew there were people who weren't Catholic, but I, you know, probably thought like ninety percent of the world right, right. was Catholic, and right, you had it was I mean, either you had some Protestants out there, and you yeah. probably had some, you know, yeah, right, some Buddhists and whatever else out there. You know, did you have any bad experience? I mean, this does again, this is not not going to offend me at all. But did yeah, right. you have any bad experiences with non-Catholic Christians? No, not that I can say. Okay. Uh, no, yeah, I, I told you about my some of my run-ins with Catholics, you know, were, and I just always thought of it as kind of a dead religion, you know, not, not right. like outdated, but just that the people who were in it a lot of times just seemed to be going through the motions, very robotic. Um, sorry, that doesn't go up. Any no, that's okay. there. Yeah. We're adjusting mics here. Um, and I think I told you this before, even in the services that I've gone to recently, there is a real sense of just a coldness a lot of times. And you acknowledge this too. And I think that's, you were kind of quick to say that the church is, not always great at communicating, and that's kind of where I, I find it interesting is that you've got a lot of Catholics who are in there just doing it, but it almost takes some explanation on top of what they're already getting to know kind of what everything means. I think a lot of them are only surface level. Right. It, it, I don't know. I don't know who dropped the ball, but like I would imagine to be, I'll say good Catholic, not that that's necessarily maybe the right word, but like, right. It's not about just going to church on Sunday. And maybe doing your own, not eating your meat on Friday. I mean, I have shelves full of you know books about Catholicism, history, saints, right. and whatever. Every and Catholic... I still don't know everything. Oh, I mean, like, yeah, sure. so oh, well, we'll never. I, that's what I've right. I mean, but maybe even everything about like the church. Right. I mean, yeah. it's right. almost like a. Uh, I mean, ongoing, but as well as you should want to learn yeah. this stuff. I don't know. But... Yeah, I might want to come back to that later about yeah, the sort of fine. difficulty in being a good Catholic. Right. Because you know, I have felt for a while like that that does seem to be one of the things that separates maybe our view is that I, I, I kind of believe in a very simple faith ultimately. But <clears throat> but you mentioned your wife, and that actually makes me think of, you know, going back to you becoming a Catholic. You got the one reason you did not become a priest, I'm guessing, is because you got married. Right. <laughs> and and uh, your wife was not Catholic when you were dating. Right. And she converted. Correct. So that process, at least for her, did have to involve some amount of evidence or, right. you know, you kind of, I mean, I, I, I don't want to go as far as to say you converted her. I think people, that would be almost too rude, you know, take, take her out of the equation because I think, yeah, truly, I think it's her decision. Having right, talked right, to her I agree. Like, she definitely seems sold 100%. But... I, I would just be interested in some of that. I, I had heard that you that you had presented some evidence about like saints that you know didn't decompose and things like right, that. Yeah, right. I, I don't know if, if I'm getting a totally inaccurate picture, but right. uh, people might be interested in some of that stuff as to like how a person who's not even in the Christian faith goes to the Catholic. Right, right. I mean, so a couple of things that, I mean, I guess talk Obviously about... Obviously, she's not here to speak for herself. Right. And I, I do apologize, but... And, and, and not just to her. I would like to also say, and, and not that your questions are, or our discussions anywhere out of line or anything like that. <laughs> but um, no, <laughs> it's not. Um, so I, I teach a catechism class also for teenagers. Right. So basic teachings of the church and things like that. And they ask questions sometimes. And so somebody had asked, how do I talk about somebody about Catholicism, like, you know, who, who doesn't know anything? And they ask me questions and stuff. And so I always tell them, I think it's important, you know, because I think sometimes uninformed Catholics fall into this trap is if somebody asks me a question about Catholicism, I'm like I may not know the answer. So if somebody says to me, "Why does the Pope? Wear, why was he wearing red on Thursday, March 6th? Do you know what I mean? And I start stuttering like, "Uh, uh," and so then I think people 
close the door on Catholicism. Well, he doesn't even know Catholicism. You know I mean, and so my point mm-hmm. I'm getting at is you're asking about my wife and questions, and that right, is, right. Uh, I think there's, you know, there's different in the in the incorruptibles, which which are that's the, what the, the, the decomposed. So there's different. I would say categories of Catholic information. There's obviously the the teachings of the church, mm-hmm. which is you know these are the teachings of the Catholic Church, and every Catholic right. must believe these things to be you know a Catholic in good right. standing. Right. So those don't change. But these They're, are all things after you've already become a Catholic that you need to familiarize yourself with. But I mean, people uh, may ask right. them these questions right. like, sure, sure. So then there's the practices of the church. Which are the things that might change, like mm-hmm. whether it's eating meat on Friday or not, uh, even like uh, priestly celibacy. Some people get caught up on that. That's a practice of the church, which means uh, the church could allow priests to marry at some point if they wanted to. That's you know, so interesting. Yeah, right, right, I, one more talk. I definitely want so to talk about that. Right. We'll so there's a practices yeah. of the church, yeah. and then there's like I would say interesting things of the church, like all the Marian apparitions. So when Mary visited Fatima, is a popular one, and all these other places, like miracles, right? Miracles. So the incorruptibles, the bodies that decompose, uh, or did, all, didn't decompose. That's the idea, right? Didn't right? decompose. It, the bodies of saints who are preserved and have right. not decomposed, something like that. Right. So their bodies haven't decomposed. They're uh, still, you know, I mean, obviously bodies, and actually, uh, bodies decompose. You know, they start de- decomposing pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. I think even after like twenty four hours, these they, peoples didn't. Right. So this can, is a, a perceived Catholic evidence. Is that right, one of so, the things that was big for her? I, I, I don't know I if it was heard it mentioned. I don't know if it was big for her. <laughs> I mean, I might have mentioned it, and you know, and we talked about it, and, and there's books on it, right. obviously, and, and she might have found that compelling. Yeah. I don't know. And I don't think exactly. it's fair to say like, was it just this one thing? Right. Because right. I know when you guys were dating too, she was attending services with you, and just at first, I remember her saying. Oh yeah, it's peaceful. You know, it's just a yeah, peaceful uh, thing. Like if you viewed it entirely just as a secular thing, oh, there's nice smells, right? You know, stuff like that. And then I assume it was just a cumulative amount of things that eventually kind of right. Uh, I would imagine convinced as, her or whatever. Well. Okay, I just I didn't know if you had some uh, stuff like that that you wanted to talk about that was kind of like Catholic evidences, right? Those I would say though I wouldn't even call them evidences. I mean, they might be supporting details. Okay, yeah. Uh, and there, and you're not required. That's what I'm saying. Like you know, aside from the teachings of the Catholic Church and some of the practices you you're required to follow, those things. I mean, you're, you know, almost, you don't have to believe in them. I, mean, I, I can sit here and say I think that's all a hoax. I don't believe in any of those incorruptibles. Right. And still be a good Catholic. Like, it's, that's yeah, fine. Yeah. And that's um, one thing I really do admire. I, I was going to say a couple things that I do like about the Catholic Church, but that's one of them is when there's these miracle claims. At least from what I've heard, and you tell me if I'm wrong, but what I heard was they basically send in like a squad of priests to verify whether this passes muster. Like, is this a legitimate (laughs) miracle or is this someone being crazy? Right. And I'm sure some people would think, even with the priests coming in and saying, yes, it passes muster, they would still say, no, it's, it's a natural explanation. But I like that there is some sort of rigor with that, you know, that they come in and right. don't just say, yep, yep, a statue definitely crying over here. They have some kind of, am I wrong about that? It's, no, you're it's right, like and I don't know every person out, but no, obviously yeah. that, and then there's always, yeah. let's say it's a medical healing of some sort. I mean, they don't just send in, you know, because there might be some priests that are doctors or something. They don't just send, I mean, they, they, whoever the medical expert, I guess, in the regions at the time, mm-hmm. secular could be an atheist, they like, they mm-hmm. get their... You know, records or, or they want their opinion on it because you're the expert, like right. Not. Yeah, and I think the church. I think they say like again, that's all important stuff, and, and I mean it's helpful. And obviously, if somebody had a miracle healing, that's very helpful to them. But I think the church would say like that's all window dressing. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it, if you're not going to, you know, 
believe in the teachings of the Catholic Church. Who really cares if you believe in the miracles, right? Right. So that's interesting. Yeah, but that that's something I love about the Catholic Church. Actually, is that rigor. I like that there is a relationship with science that doesn't seem like combative. Right. Yeah. Something I've noticed in a lot of non-Catholic denominations I've been a part of over my life is that there's a lot of like apprehension about science, and right. science might be teaching us some evil things and stuff. And it seems like the Catholic Church. This is an outsider's opinion, but it seems like they've never had that issue. I don't know if it's partly because a lot of the fathers of science or founders of science were monks, things like that, right. and there's kind of this like reverence, you know, for them or what. But I know there's like, isn't there some kind of a Catholic astronomy uh, division or something like that? I, I mean, I would imagine, right? I would imagine there's people. I mean, Catholics start a lot of the universities. You know what I mean, like that's sort of where a lot of the universities have sure, sure, from, sure. Right? At some point, I mean, but they were like quick to yeah, embrace well, the idea of evolution and things like that. I feel like there was a lot. Well, of like, I mean, there's. I wouldn't say it embraces evolution. It's still mm-hmm. like a question mark above it. Right, but, but they're not like actively out there picketing or something like no, that. No, right. Yeah. I mean, if evidence, I mean. Yeah. I mean, the church, I mean, as far as that just says, I mean, right now, the most, I don't want to say popular opinion is, but... Like uh, consensus or yeah, something Yeah, it's just like that, that, I mean, yeah. if evolution did happen, obviously God had a... It doesn't, know, it doesn't... Interacted uh, at some point. But, um, yeah. but yeah, uh, no, I mean, I think the church says, I mean, it's faith and reason. That's what, I, like, mm-hmm. it's, faith and reason go together. Yeah. Um, I'm 100% We have fewer that. humans, <laughs> we have an intellect. Uh, yeah. It's supposed to be used. <laughs> yeah, one of my pet peeves is faith being defined as blind faith when you talk to people. And I understand it because a lot of people do define their own faith that way, where they're right. just like, I'm just hoping, you know, there's like some kind of a musical that kicks in and they sing a right. song about miracles or whatever. But like, to me, it's always been, no, that can't be the kind of faith that you have. It's got to be like trusting, like you get into a taxi, you you have some sense that this guy knows where he's going and you trust him based right. on some amount of evidence, you know, and that evidence right. might not convince everyone but that's what I think it has to be. It has to be founded on that. So yeah, I love that too. I like oh, the, some nice. of the structure. You sound like <laughs> you want to be a Catholic. Yeah, yeah. That's... You're you're gonna accept that on behalf of the Catholic Church. <laughs> thank you, thank you. We yeah. we have been doing good with that. Um, I was actually in Rome not long ago and got to see the Vatican and giant walls built around this city, and it really was like it's it's its own country. Right, contained right. in there, and the Pope is kind of like the king of that country and everything. Right. It's pretty intimidating when you look at it. Um, I think that does get into, and we can start talking now about maybe some criticisms of just general things people might have that are not even Christians. You know, it's like, okay, the church has $97 billion, something like that I saw estimated. Um, You heard that number? No, but I mean, right, I would imagine I heard that and it blew my mind because I was like, that's like Walt Disney level or whatever. Right. You know, and you see a lot of very ornate, and you probably know where I'm going right away with this. You see a lot of ornate churches, a lot of gold. As a kid, I saw that and I just thought, man, crack off a piece of that statue and, like, give it to the poor, you know? Right. Uh, I don't know. Have, uh, you, have you heard that? Yeah, right, and, and I would have I would have two responses to that. Yeah. So, uh, one, most importantly, sometimes we have to ask ourselves, right, break off that, you know, sell this painting and, and we could get, you know, a million dollars and give it to these poor people, right? But what if that painting, you know, the, obviously these paintings and everything works of art are to inspire people, to speak to the soul, to raise people's mind to God and maybe change lives. And so then I think you start getting into the point, you know, is, is one paint, and so before I get, is one painting worth a life? No. But what's more important, the bodily needs or your soul's spiritual needs? So my point is, if I sell that paint, what if that painting has, and I'm not even saying converted, but changed people's lives because they saw it, they, it spoke to them, they you know, thought about God, whatever, versus I just feed this person for five more days. Do you know what I mean? I'm not saying that's not important, but 
It's not just about, and that's what I'm saying. It's not just about the body. It's not right. just about this material yeah. world. And you're there's getting, the spiritual world in your soul, which is also part. So that's one. So one, right, I would right, say, right. all these ornate things aren't, and that's why the churches are ornate. Some of them aren't anymore. And uh, I mean, that's why they were ornate to, to raise your mind to God. You I mean to think of God? In right. That. The statues often get criticized by mm. non-Catholics and atheists and whatever because right. it just it looks like Catholics are worshiping them. And I think I've come around on that as understanding where you're coming from. And this is, again, one of those things the church might be just bad at communicating, is we're not worshiping the statue. The statue is here to remind us of spiritual things. Right. You know, we're not going to see God physically, so we have a statue of him, or we have a statue of Mary, right. or whatever it is. Just as a lot of people say, do, do you have any pictures in your house of any relative that has passed, okay, or right, your mother? Right. Same thing. You look at that picture of your mother, and you're like, oh, that's my mother. You know, you right. look at that statue, be like, oh, that reminds me. And even if it's a saint, I mean, obviously, the saint was a, you know, we, uh, the Catholics would say, I mean, he was a right. holy person living according to the way so God that, wanted yeah, him to. So, so that's like a role right. model. Oh, man, I want to be more like that guy. And that's some of the value that so the church sees in having those things. Right. So what was your second point? Uh, the second say? point I was going to say is, I think throughout history... So, I mean, there's gold, there's... Right, I'm, get, you know I'm getting I mean? there. <laughs> <laughs> I think throughout this history... Is beautiful. You know, Jesus probably... He gets depicted different ways. You know, I mean, maybe it's the good shepherd. I mean, maybe it's the prodigal son welcoming people back. My point I'm getting at is I think the Catholic Church, you know, predominantly, and I, th- I don't think this is wrong, sometimes Jesus is just Christ the King. These churches are built magnificently because what would you build for a king? You would make it beautiful and grandeur for a king. And obviously Catholics, I mean, with you know, the, the Holy Eucharist, Blessed Sacrament, Holy Communion, you know, whatever you want to call it, uh, in the tabernacle where Jesus is, I mean, that's Jesus there. He's, he's you know, uh, we say body and soul and divinity. Like He's truly there. I mean, that's Jesus, right. like literally there. The churches are built for the king, so that's right. why. You know, it's kingly looking, you know, it's got the royal treatment. Right. So there you go, folks. <laughs> I think uh, I'd like to continue talking about some of that stuff that people in general have either issues with or confusion over. Sure. Um, I don't know. Is there a smooth way to jump into birth control? I don't know. Like, what, what, yeah. what, what, do, you, what do you always hear? <laughs> um, I would imagine birth control is pretty high up there. Probably today, no no women priests to like... Okay, female gender, priests, right. Gender, okay, so. yeah, I could see that. And again, that's that's just people outside the church entirely sometimes. Right. And there's probably some people in the church too. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean bad Catholics. I mean, right, they're... Oh, there it is, folks. They're in there. I mean, <laughs> You've that's... been called out. Um, I have verbally heard people exclaim in a service, and I find it interesting sometimes that every time I've been a part of a service where non-Catholics come in, you know, family for a christening or a funeral or whatever it is, right. the priest will inevitably talk about birth control at some point. I feel like it's like, he's like, I got this audience. I got to get it out Perhaps, there. Right. Meanwhile, it's irrelevant to the people who aren't Catholics in the service, obviously. I mean, even the Catholic Church would probably acknowledge, like, you don't just want a, a, a unsaved person just practicing no birth control. Like, that doesn't do anything. You know what I mean? Right. But the priest will generally say it, and I've heard people exclaim out loud in the thing, like, oh, he shouldn't say that, whatever. And I'm like, I love it. It gets, it gets people's the truth. Up, the truth is the know? truth, in season or out of season. Well, there you go. I mean, and these guys aren't embarrassed, obviously, about saying, right. well, about I mean. saying that. Um, but I want to tell you what I thought about the birth control thing, and you can correct me. And I think we've talked about this a this little what, bit. What you thought the church's teaching was? What or I thought you, what you, your opinion. What on I it? thought the church's teaching okay. kind of was was that. By the way, we're talking about the lack of birth control, right? Not using birth control. I, I had heard that, the t- and this is super 
simple, so maybe this is just a dumb thing I heard, but someone had said, you don't want to interfere with what God would want for you. So like by you intervening in the conception process or pregnancy process, you're, you might be altering something that God want to do. Now, before you answer that, I always thought that seems so weird because if you truly believed that, I feel like you would do nothing in your life because you would worry that you might always be interfering with God's plan. Like if that was truly your attitude, you might not go get in your car and go to work because what if God wanted you to stay home? And I don't think you have that view that that you can't do anything without God say so or whatever. And then I, I heard the, the Pope had made some comments warning certain people to, hey, be careful because you're getting older and you might leave all your kids an orphan if you, if you don't you know, watch yourself and be careful about how old you're going to be when you're pregnant, whatever. And I heard the Pope had said that, and I, I'm always trying not to misquote the Pope because I feel like a lot of people do, and they're like, did you hear how great that Pope was? He changed everything. And I'm like, right. I don't think that's true. But that involves some amount of birth control. It's just a natural form of birth control or something, right? It's not using, like, contraception. It's just a... Right. And I'm not trying to get explicit. Right. But was I way off with the idea of don't interfere with God's plan? Was that just totally insane? Uh, is that what you I heard? would say what, you know? the, what you're saying, I would say, is not correct. Okay. So, right, a couple things to unpack there. Um, so, first to the first thing about, you know, why so why does the church not let people use contraception right right why why is why what's so taboo uh two things i would say there uh one uh one i would say it's biblical based in that you know in genesis uh god gives the command to procreate and multiply uh so one is the command of god to pro to you know make more humans two uh you know, they would view that as a command that applies to all generations basically is what you're right. saying right marry right marry people right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> right. And uh, the other one I would say predominantly is, you know, in the, which in the, we will say the marital act, which is, you know, man and woman. You're, you're gesturing at me. And I think <laughs> it's and man I think, and woman. I think, again, trying I think to everybody, it's a family program. I think everybody gets it. Right. The marital Thank, act. I appreciate that. Okay. Uh, so during the marital act, uh, you know, it's just not the man and woman are involved. God is involved because this is the most intimate union between the man and the woman. Okay. So when you use contraceptive, you are deliberately I'm not saying like God's part in, in it because like it's the baby, but I mean, you know, obviously the, the, the marital act between a man and a woman, I mean, that's the greatest expression of love. And so God should be a part of that. And hence, uh, you know, I would say the church would say if, if a child was to come from that union, then it should, you know, allowed to be happened. Um, the God in the room stuff is interesting. I, I yeah. think I've heard like stand-up comedians joke about that. And I didn't realize that was a thing, but I guess, is it the idea that God is watching and you don't no, want No, I mean, to, well, God should know. be a part of your marriage. And I, I'm not I mean, trying no, to say like, that to make right, fun no, of no, you. No, 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 <laughs> no. No, I mean, I would just say God should be a part of everything you do. You sure, know? and we would believe that. Right. Right, but the idea that you, it does sound like you're saying a little bit like God might want a baby, so don't interfere with it. Right, uh, I would but, say, but you wouldn't apply that. Right. To other, I wouldn't say. Other right. parts of your no, life. I know what you're saying. It's not that so much. I wouldn't say God wants a baby. <laughs> for, I, okay, I, I, I guess I let me back it up. Himself. Let me back it up. I guess yeah. I, I should have said. No, that's um, fine. So with the procreate multiply, I guess the church would say the primary purpose of that marital act is the creation of a child. Jimmy, like that's why that. Okay, you're going back to Genesis right. again, and saying, and not just Genesis, not just but, but I mean the church is. I'm just saying what the church is teaching is, uh, barring like medical reasons, someone couldn't have a child. Right. If two people wanted to get married and they said, I don't know if we're gonna have any children, 
a good priest wouldn't marry them because that's the purpose of marriage to have children. Okay, I see. So you're talking, it goes to the core of what marriage is. Right, right. To me, that while I don't agree with it in the moment, right. Obviously, I haven't looked at all of the Genesis passages and stuff in in that context, but that is a more sound argument to me than the idea of. you know, don't inter. You know, you know what I mean. Right. Just no, the I whole don't mean. interfere because God might want it. You would just be terrified right. at any moment. Don't don't go here. Don't go there. I think that God gives us a great yeah. amount of freedom. Yeah. And I would say, I mean, a little bit related to that. I mean, I also, I, in, in just me and my wife were talking about this the other day. Yeah. You know, it's interesting how in the culture, how children are perceived as a burden. But so my point would be, well, a, ch- right. a child is a gift from God. Like that's a blessing. Right. It used to be people had a lot of kids. People would be like, man, your family's so blessed. Like you're so lucky, you know, you must, especially back in like more Christian times, man, God must favor you. It's like now you even, I I experienced, we walk around with the six kids, people are like, oh man, too bad for you. And it's like, (laughs) so, I mean, I think, I mean, just in the culture, unfortunately, it's like a fundamentally different perception of what children are and what role they play. Yeah. Can I tell you something funny that kind of relates to that is every time that you guys tell us that you're having another kid, I probably go through the same emotional roller coaster, which is I go, Oh my God, another one. You know, like I have this negative view. My apologies. The first thing I have is, Oh my God, another one. But then when I meet this kid, I'm always like, This is the cutest kid. You know what I mean? So I could vouch for at least that element of it is I would not have not wanted to know numbers four, five, and six. You know, like they are great. And so, like, I could see, you know, probably part of your view of saying, You don't know. Uh, what you could be denying yourself, right? And I, and as a person who doesn't have kids, uh, that's definitely something that I think about every once in a while. Is while I have my own view of okay, it's my decision. I also wonder what would those kids be like, and so yeah, right. You know. And obviously, yes. I mean, obviously, I mean, we all know to make a kid. I mean, there's science involved. It's not like you know nobody knows what happens. <laughs> Do you know what I mean, <laughs> so right. I mean, but uh, you know, I mean, I, and I don't know your perspective. But, I mean, obviously, the yeah. soul's created by God. So I mean, I would imagine. Ultimately, for a child to be conceived, again, God has to play a role in that. Yeah, I think there's an interaction between soul and body, so, but I don't really know how. Right, all right. Works. I don't. <laughs> even, right. I mean, I don't know the. De- but so my point is, right. I would imagine. So I mean, I guess a little bit like you say, right? If you use contraception, mm-hmm. you know, one, you're not doing what the purpose of marriage is, but right, you're interfering with any uh, blessing of a child that may you know, that you, you may go. be blessed with. Yeah, I, th- I think that makes a certain amount of sense. Yeah. I, can, I understand the argument. Um, what are some other things that you uh, that you hear? What, uh, so maybe some other criticisms just, okay, of the Catholic Church by the culture, I guess, maybe? like Yeah, I mean, I, I was, I was right talking, referencing earlier the thing about bad priests, bad popes, crusades, things like that. Right. And when I've talked to you about that stuff, it seems like, and, and most Catholics, they seem very aware, very apologetic, very admitting that this stuff is messed up. I've never had a Catholic say like, yeah, that stuff was was fine and you guys all have the wrong idea. There's been a 100%, at least from what I've seen. Now, I know part of the issue with the, the bad priests, the, the priests uh, abusing kids and stuff, was that there was some cover-up stuff going on within the church. But all the Catholics that I've talked to have seemed to be like, yeah, that was that was wrong, and there doesn't seem to right, be an I would, issue. I mean, that would be wrong. I would. Yeah, agree. no, of course. Yeah, I, I would be worried if you didn't say that. But I, but there's never seemed to be an issue with we have flawed individuals in the church, and we're still the true right church. So, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Because I know right. you you've said that, and I'm sure you hear this stuff. I mean, right. there are documentaries that are just brutal 
talking about this stuff. I mean, Spotlight right. came out. And I, have you seen Spotlight, by the way? No, I haven't seen okay. it. I, I mean, it's a good movie. Yeah, no, yeah. Uh, yeah and, just, and, it, and it addresses that. Now, now, I'd be curious, what would you think of a movie like Spotlight? You're going to watch that as a Catholic. This is a movie where some Catholics, some non-Catholics help to uncover this, you know, cover up whatever scandal right. and stuff. Do you view that? I wonder if I would view that if it were my uh, church or religion, if I would view that as a good thing, maybe weeding out the people that give the church a bad name. Yeah, I mean, I think something e- like right. That. I mean, evil has no place in in the church and God's church. I'm fine with right that they should be exposed and you know so, whatever the consequences are. So know, yeah. So how do you but, view this? This like right. You had told me flat out before. Yeah, there were bad popes. I right. mean, that, that's something that might shock a lot of people to hear right. if you're if you're a Catholic, because you would think, no, no, you've got to have full reverence for every pope. Right. But you've said before, no, we had some bad popes. Right. So, right. Like, well, I would say right. So you're I would allowed say, to think that. Right. Basically, I would go is, back. So without getting into the arguments. Where you know, you know, you and I talk a lot about you know evidence that that the Catholic Church that Jesus started that. Without getting into that right. stuff, um, I would say you know the Church, uh, right? It's human and divine. So obviously, with humans, you're always going to have problems. You have flaws. You know, uh, I would I would even you know even go back to go to back to the apostles. They all you know Good Friday. They all run away. Peter's denying him. I mean, you even have flaws. Sure, back it's right there then, in the Gospels. Right. So I mean, yeah. So. So I would say, you know, yes, the human element, there's always going to be flaws. And the bad so, popes thing? Like, yeah, the bad popes. I, mean, I right, think so, people think that the popes are supposed to be 100% sinless, perfect right. people. And you would like them to be, yeah. Right, right. yeah. But uh, you told me before that they can do a thing very rarely where they speak infallibly. Right. But so, next to that, besides that, uh, they're just as right, so there's fallible a, as anyone else, right? Right. I mean, there's and there's only been two times in the history of the church Um one was the assumption, a statement on the assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary into heaven, and the other one, they both were both, you know, Marian documents. The other one was her Immaculate Conception. So wow, those are, so those were the two things, because I feel like those would be two, like, sticking points for me. Right, so those, know, are the, those are controversial. So are those they controversial are the, within inside the church as a side, a quick side? Uh, I would probably say no. I don't, th- I don't think. Yeah, I'd, okay, cool. I would imagine no. Um, but those were apparently infallible statements. Right, church, so those right? are the only yeah. two statements that the Pope's ever made, you know, by himself as, if we would say, the Vicar of Christ, the Chair of Peter, whatever, as, you know, Speaking as Peter himself, I see what um, you're saying. Um, I've heard recently. I haven't done the research on this myself, so I would have to check it. But I did hear it on like a Catholic program, so I would imagine they did the fact checking themselves. But to the bad post, because I was like, oh, that's very interesting. I mean, and I was even like, I'm going to bring that up to Brad next time we yeah. talk about this. <laughs> is they say I've heard that right? So there's been bad popes, you know, Middle Ages, whatever. There might have been a pope who like you know like actually had a child and all of these things, right? But even the bad popes, the worst of the worst, haven't changed the teachings of the church. You know what I mean? So there, you feel like there's almost there was almost like a protection, right? And that's when that's what what we would say. You know, Jesus says, you know, whatever the gates of hell will not will not prevail against. I mean, and and right in the church, uh, there's the belief that uh, there is ultimately a divine protection. Of some sort to that like, even when preserve. these people were terrible, they didn't change those teachings, right? right? Fundamental the teaching, teaching. Right. and they may have done bad things, right? And that doesn't excuse it, but right. the point of none yeah. of them, and it would have been in their interest to change the teachings I to benefit them, right? Or like the people that you know have corrupted them. How but, would they have changed the teaching to do one of the infallible statements and I mean, say something really? Well, crazy? I don't know, maybe that. I mean, I, I'm yeah. not sure. I mean, they could have had councils. Maybe. Do you even think that would be but, possible? You know that a, that a pope could get up there because I assume that the the infallible teaching skill or power that you know that that 
in your view, it's coming through God in some way. Right. It's, not, it's almost like God's voice coming through, maybe? I don't know. Right, some, put words right something like that, I guess you could say. So um, it's probably not even possible. Uh, right. The, I mean, the, right. The, I would imagine the church is protected in that it, the Pope could never make an infallible statement that wasn't true. Yeah. How, how do I know? Like, is it going to be struck yeah. by lightning? I don't know. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't Yeah. And re- real quick, the Pope himself, this new Pope, is like super popular with non Catholics, which I always right. find funny. I was talking to a girl at a party. Party and she was like, I just love this new Pope, you know, he's so great. And I said, I think you say that because you don't care, basically, well, about maybe. religion or Christianity or anything. Mm-hmm. So you say that, like, oh, he's just doing all of this great stuff, he's just loosening everything up. Right. Now, this new Pope, is he radically changing everything about the Catholic Church? Because if you talk to people, you'd get the sense that, yeah, man, he like... He said, uh, hell's not real and all this stuff, you know, like every right. issue that somebody might have, right. like he's reversed it all. So uh, so there's, again, there's there's three ways that we, that we generally <laughs> I knew say it was going to be a multi-level That point. there's generally, we say the Pope can speak. Okay, so, right, there's, it's called ex-cathedra when he speaks infallibly. Right, we talked about that one. Right, we talked about that. There's when he's speaking as the Pope, so he's, he's speaking in a teaching manner, okay? Right. And in that way, um, it depends on what he's talking on. But generally, I mean, if he's not talking about anything new, do you, I mean, yes, like, I should listen to him because this is the Pope speaking, okay? So right. I, should As follow, a spiritual I should follow authority. his lead on whatever he's saying, sure, right? Sure. Then there's the Pope, just like anybody else, and I think people sometimes get confused. He's just, he's the Pope. But he's just given his opinion on a topic. That doesn't mean he's right. the Pope speaking as this is the Catholic Church. I'm the Pope. You should follow this. Right. It's right. like I'm the Pope, and I think it right. should be this way. I mean, more like politics. You know, consider yeah. like I, I don't think he's a fan of like capitalism. Does that mean capitalism is evil and it should be done away with? No. He just may think there's a better system. Capitalism exploits people. And maybe I'm sure it does in a lot of ways, but that doesn't mean I have to stop being, okay. you know, supply and demand businessman. I mean, like <laughs> so the people. On so the again, wait, so, of so the back church, to right. So back right. to those points. The people who aren't studying the church, reading the church, they're just getting the catchphrases that the media is giving them, like a snippet. And- right. So a big one was, you know, he's going to go down in history for saying, "Who am I to judge?" Okay. And this was about, you know, he's on the plane, and I guess they give conferences on the plane and everything. And it was my understanding, like the conference was sort of ending, and somebody brought up a, you know, what about this priest in Argentina and you know backwoods, blank, 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 did whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and the Pope said, so I don't know what, you know exactly, but it was something like, "Who am I to judge?" And and I right. think my understanding was his point was like. That's an individual situation. I would have to know more. Who am I to judge? Also, I'm tired and it's the end of the conference. Right. But people (laughs) took that to mean, oh, the Pope just said, who am I to judge on anybody who's ever done this? Broadly. And it's like, that's not, I mean, it was was the end of the conversation, a question about this. So a lot, so another thing is, so that's what I'm saying. Sometimes I think the Pope should be more careful of what he says and how he says it and where he says it. Because it's taken as he's the president of the Catholic Church and he just said this. But this Pope has also put out some you know, which I guess if you want to get into liberal conservatives, has some conservative statements on different topics, but those never, you know, I mean, nobody ever knows about those. So nobody thinks that the Pope has ever said that. So I'm just saying, I think a lot of popular culture and people, they're just getting the thing that the media, and obviously the media being liberal wants to, you know, push the liberal agenda. And the Pope's great because 
he kissed somebody or on the cheek. I don't know, whatever. But at the same time, right? I think this pope, like he's had audiences with, uh, you know, some homosexuals. He's very much a pope of the people. It seems and like so, he goes out and he, and that's one thing I do like. And I mean, my, not that my opinion matters as a non-Catholic, but like he goes out and to me does a lot of what Jesus, what I perceive Jesus to have done, which is rubs shoulders with the crowds and hangs out with people and shows right. that he's out there present. He's not hiding in his tower. I think he even said he doesn't really want to right stay, and and I agree with that and I and I think that right I agree I I I'm for that I just think you know and again who am I to judge the Pope but I oh, would just classic Pope statement I would just wish he would speak right go mix, mingle with the people just as Jesus did but when Jesus was with the people he spoke the truth he didn't back it down and didn't try to spin it and make it polite and yeah. easy I think the Pope in my opinion I think yeah. he tries to walk a fine line of you know doesn't want to push people away right and i think they're trying in the church there's a lot about it's about journeying and dialoguing and that's fine there's a time and place for that but there's also a time and place for this is the truth i'm sorry it's not even apologize but this is the truth right yeah that's just what it is what it is so anyway from your perspective there aren't that many times that the catholic church has changed its core teaching well i mean maybe you would say never have they done that but the perception of people that are in sort of reading these headlines is that the the new pope has like been just willy-nilly changing things left and right Right. the church is so different now kind of like when trump tweets something about transgenders in the military and people say oh that that happened but nothing actually right. happened right it's it's, sort of he a, was like expressing an opinion it would take it would take a lot more for things to change is that like where a vatican II type situation would have to happen in order to make changes like on a serious level uh yeah well so one one other just because uh, the other popular one from the pope i wanted to talk about was you know right the thing like there's no hell and i think it was the pope was asked something about an atheist can an atheist go to heaven and I think the right, Pope was like, yeah, right. See, no, I mean, the, obviously, obviously anybody can go. I mean, it's ultimately up to the mercy of God. And you don't know that person's last thoughts. You know, they're, you know, So, I mean, could a person go right? We don't know the mind of God, meaning is it likely? Probably not. But could they? You don't want to say definitively. Right. And so I think the Pope was like, so the Pope said, I think, right, he was like something like he could have or, you know, only God knows. And so then everybody ran out. The Pope says there's no hell. And he's like, that's not what he said. I know, yeah. He I, just said that no, one, I mean, only God knows. I mean, ultimately, only God knows. And Yeah, I that think that's a point. fair answer. I mean, there's a lot of things I would prefer to answer that for. Right. You know, and... Uh, so that's where I think the Pope just, I, I wish he would speak more carefully. Sure. It's not maybe, you know, but anyway, okay. Right, that's uh, good. Yeah, so let's get into a little bit of sort of me as a, I, you know, it's so funny because you always hear Catholic and Protestant. I in right. no way consider myself a Protestant only because I don't really even know right. all of what that term is wrapped up in. Obviously, I get there's a protest angle in there and I, right. you know, I, don't, I don't know if that's how I would define myself, but I'm a non-Catholic Christian. Um, you and I have always had great civil conversations and at one point, I actually remember coming to you and saying, like, I don't even know if we should talk anymore about this because I have a feeling that both of our worldviews consider the other person basically okay. You know, I had listened to some CDs that your wife had given me from right. Scott Hahn, I think it was, who's a Catholic right, apologist. Uh, right, one and, of the uh, people. Like, yeah, listening to some teachings on, like, why trust the authority of the church and stuff like that. And then I had um, done some research kind of of my own view about what, what do I think about a, a Catholic person and I won't speak for you, but I kind of came to the idea of, well, if Randy believes and follows Jesus, he's a follower of Christ, he's trusting him for his salvation. Like I said, I, I kind of have a, I try to go to a very simple vanilla faith, right. I guess, or mere Christianity, I guess. People, right. you know, C.S. Lewis had that thing. Um, 
then you're probably in my book all right. Now, some people, like I've no, I, and I won't name names, but I know some people uh, who will tell me, no way, that Catholic Church, that, that those people are going to hell, like they're so far off. And I, I have not been able to get myself to that point. Not with a person like you, or like I've told you before, my grandmother, who was one of the strongest believers that I knew, and she was Catholic, and she would admit the flaws, of the, kind of like you just did with the Pope. She would admit the flaws and say, oh, my church is so dead and stuff, but she was still a Catholic. And uh, I would never pretend to say she's not, right. not in heaven now fully as much as anybody. I'm pretty sure that you know she would be. Um, so I kind of came back to you and said, oh, so here was the thing. I heard the Catholic Church had said that people like me, uh, as long as we weren't willingly rejecting the church, like, no, it's true, but just still deny it. Like, I just hate the Catholic Church, and I, even though I know it's the true church, I deny it. Right. As long as it's an ignorance thing or something like that, then I'm okay. So then I came to you and said, I like our conversations, but is it, is it worth anything to have these? And you said, I think it is. Right. And that's why we're here tonight talking, because you, you did not stop it there. You said, I think it is important for you to, well, I, I won't, I won't speak for you, but why don't you go ahead and talk about that? Because we can start moving into the, the Catholics' view of the non-Catholic Christian. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I remember the conversation. I don't know exact the words I said. Am but, I right, going wait, to hell, Rand? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the, the problem. Right, who am I to judge? Inter- right? Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Right. We're done. We're done. <laughs> um, when we were, I do remember, like, right, you came. We're like. I think we're all on the same page. And I remember being like, no, we're not on the well, same so page. Well, obviously not on every issue. No, right. Or but there I mean, wouldn't but like, be right, a disagreement. I don't think, right. And but I at would the say, core, was it worth it to have the conversation if at the see, end I of the day? Right. But right. that's, I don't think we have a, I don't think, I think our cores are different. Okay. And that's okay. I mean, that's, yeah, I, you can, that I want you to talk about this that. This is part of discovery. We're yeah. learning. Yeah. You've got a giant red book next to you, by the way, that you still haven't touched. I'm waiting for you to start flipping well, through the, it. Well, it's just the Bible. I mean, <laughs> oh, sorry. Well, that's that what, makes me seem really out of it. <laughs> no, yeah. that's okay. First, I would probably need to know what the Bible is, is what you're saying? No, it's just reference. It's just a reference. But no. So um, first, I would say, and again, I'm not saying this in a disparaging way. None of this will offend me, by the way. Right, okay. I just want the audience to know. Okay. There was a point where I believed literally that you thought I was going to hell, and I was like, Good. And my wife was like, what are you saying? She's like, that's terrible. And I was saying, no, if that's what the Catholic Church teaches and Randy's consistent with that, then he's he's not a hypocrite. He's doing what he should be doing and following his view. I was right. completely happy with that. Right. Okay. Some people might not like that, but I was right. like, yeah. So, But maybe that's not your view. So, I right. I mean, the Catholic Church teaches as far as, you know, so what what about the the non-Catholic, right? What's what goes on? What happens to them when they die, right? What's the church's teachings on all that? You just refer me to painting number two, basically. Right. For that. <laughs> no, I mean, I think you stated it well, where somebody, first of all, has to reject the Catholic church willfully. So, uh, I, and I don't know, right? I'm not, I'm, I'm, I want to get into speculation of the souls, but <laughs> you are, ob- I would say everyone's obligated to a degree to be searching for the truth too, though. Do you know what I mean? So the non-Catholic Christian, let's say, you know, whatever denomination or not, you know, non-denominational it's just happy with well, I read the Bible almost like the bad Catholic, you know. Well, I read <laughs> right. I read three pages of the Bible every night, and that's all I need. I'm good to go. Right. I would say there's a flaw there. Like they, you know, they're not seeking the truth. They're not seeking to mm-hmm. know, you know, what God wants or because you said at the beginning, but, if they did that, it would lead them to the Catholic Church. Right. 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 If you want to be the follower of Christ, don't you want to do what He wants? Right. Does He want everybody to belong to the Catholic Church? Yes, that's what He wants. That's what He started it for. So I'm um, mere Christianity. What? Why do I need to join a Catholic church? One, because Jesus wants you to join it. Mm-hmm. Secondly, um, yes, for your own salvation, the uh, the benefits of joining the church, like the spiritual graces, 
um, you know, the forgiveness of your sins through confession, the sac- what we call a lot of the sacraments, which uh, give you graces to help you live this life better. These are like tools or that I'm not taking advantage of, basically, right? Uh, K- kind of like these are like these are good things that are just dangling out I would there say, that I'm just kind of ignoring. I mean, right, and right to in a rudimentary sure yeah. right yeah i would say yes right uh, yeah i mean i would agree with that you know i think a lot of people think like we live this worldly life and then i'm gonna die and like oh now my heaven life mm-hmm. and i'm saying no it's all one continuous life you know I mean? like we're on earth but i mean that's why what we do on earth affects what we do in heaven and i would say the same that the more i know god and love him on earth the more I will know and love him in heaven. You mean, it's like, it's almost like, uh, you know, the it's church. It's all the same relationship. Right, like, like the church continue. teaches this, like, um, you know, because someone might, some I think people sometimes ask, well, will I be, like, happier in heaven or something? So, like, take <laughs> Those a glass. questions I go to, like that, like the Pope, where I just say, man, I, I got to leave a lot of that off the table right now. Like, like it's, let's say you had a glass of water, right? I'm just, this is really, again, rude example, but just to make a point. That's fine. Right? Go ahead. So let's say I have a glass of water. So I'm going to say the person who was a good Catholic practicing all that, you know, did all the good things. I mean, faithfully, and, you know, try to know God, all that stuff. Right. So they have a full glass of water. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they, whatever that is, knowledge or love of God. Okay, fine. The other, so let's say there's someone else who wasn't a Catholic, you know, and I mean, was a Christian, but maybe, you know, putzed around him. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they only have a glass, half glass of full of water. Okay. But they think their glass is full. So they're at the absolute maximum love and happiness they could have. Yeah. So they're not disappointed. You, yeah. You're, but you're they concerned. could have more. They, they, their right. relationship with God could be greater. So same thing. I don't think when you die, it's not going to be you die and boom, everybody just you know knows and loves God completely. And that's, it's all great. I mean, it, it's a right. continue. Like, that's why what we do in this life matters right. compared to the next, I mean, into the afterlife. It's not just a waiting room for heaven. Right. There's a lot of, yeah, stuff. Right. right. I, yeah, I've had that conversation before, too. People seem very interested in the idea that heaven is so great. Why is this life even remotely important? You do hear that. From time. I know that's not a Catholic issue specifically, but you do hear that yeah, right. as if this life has no meaning. Right. You know? Right. It's just all <laughs> or, Yeah, yeah. So, so in that sense, you're saying like there's a lot of things that I should be doing, could be doing now that I don't have access to, and I'm denying myself that, and that relationship is not growing. It's kind of stunted. Correct. That would be an excellent way to say Well, it. I'm just trying to, yeah, I'm just trying to understand it. Um, the, the second part, though, that was about Jesus established this church. I think right. that argument is the most powerful one to me. Not saying that I'm convinced today of it, right? But I think that's the route that you would be best to go down to convince someone like me is here's what he wants you to do, and you're not doing it. That has the most weight with me. Right. <laughs> so then you talked about history a lot. Right. I yeah, mean, so right. you you at one point showed me a little chart. You had the chart right. laid out with the, these early church fathers, and you were saying, look, this this stuff is is all the way back to the beginning. You've got the teachings. Right. So I think a lot of people, right, will say, and I think you might have even said this before, you know, walk into Catholic church down the street and you're going to say, I don't believe this is what it looked like when Jesus' time, do you mean? <laughs> and so I think a lot of people are like, you know, oh, that's not, yeah. the, right, right. And so I, I would agree it didn't look like that. Right, but, yeah. uh, but Can I just say something real quick yeah. on that? You go to a Latin mass. Right. And that's one of those things that I've always found shocking because Latin would be the language of the Romans, and I've always, again, coming from my like simplistic view of it, I've always thought, wouldn't you rather have like the Aramaic? I don't even know if anyone can speak Aramaic right. fully if it's too dead of a language or something. But like, wouldn't that be the more like core? And I understand that the idea is the church is like founded in Rome, or like Peter was bishop of Rome. But I always love that because it was like Latin. 
but that's the people that killed Jesus. You know what I mean? Right, like, I right. always looked at it like that. Like, yeah, and you're right. It doesn't look like first century Palestine or something right. in there. And that would be kind of strange, too, I guess, right. in a way, you know. But Yeah. So I was going to say, one, you know, yeah. again, you have to remember a lot, of, you know, does that change the teaching of the church? Do you know what I mean? Of you know, whatever that church is teaching on you. Know, well, I'm just saying Jesus rose from the dead. Whether we're speaking Latin, Aramaic, you know, or I have statues, does that change the teaching at all? No. So I, I just want to be right. clear, like, you know, a lot of people I think get You're caught up. You're trying to up, separate major and minor elements kind right, of, right? Right, right. I think a lot of people get caught up in the, yeah, you know, the window dressing of the way, again, maybe the practices, you know, celibate priest or yeah. this or that. Again, that's a practice of the church. Yeah. So anyway, do you mind if we talk about celibate priests for a quick second? Because it does relate, and I'm not I'm not okay, going too right. far off topic. Sure. We're talking about the history of the church. Uh, Peter had a wife. Peter is supposed to be the first pope, and I right. mean this is not some like knockout argument, but it is a weird thing to right. me because the Catholic Church and you said they could change this, which actually surprised me when you said that tonight. Um, that they could change this view if they wanted to. It's it's just a practice of right. the church. To, it's a voluntary thing, celibacy. Well. And not voluntary, but right. The priest is bound by a vow, so yes, it would be you know a mortal sin if right. he wasn't. But right, so it's like a discipline of the church. But okay, right. So maybe this doesn't have that much weight to it, but it's an example of where I see the church that Jesus wants and the Catholic Church to me don't look the same. Is is in an example like this where Peter is married, they go to his mother in law's house. That's 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 why I think that he was married. <laughs> right. you know, just in case no one know, knows yeah, about no, that. There's the a verse where they go to his mother accepts that he was probably married. Yeah, too, so right. then you see a thing like that, and he's supposed to be the first pope, but then priests are supposed to remain celibate. I mean, that is a tiny example. That might not even be that forceful to people. But that's the thing where I go... Why doesn't oh like where where's that where well, did Jesus ever say that where's or the connection like that? yeah I, I'm just saying this is the life they were living and then I'm hearing this church this other no offense to you but I right. say this other church is saying uh, no actually you shouldn't be married if you're a priest and or a pope or whatever I look at that and I go it doesn't look the same and there, there's obviously a lot of examples of that that's right. just one. But what do you yeah, think? What do you so, think about? Right. So, I mean, I, I see how, and that's sort of similar to like, you know, you walk in the Catholic church down the street today, you're going to be like, that's not the church that Jesus like, you know, worshiped in or whatever. You well, know, yeah. And, right? and, and I said it would be so, ridiculous. I mean, I would say, so I guess my point is like the celibacy to be like is that. like a similar thing where there's generally five reasons like the church says like the priest should be celibate. Okay. And so they are, one is, uh, priest is supposed to be the you know greatest imitation of christ so one jesus was celibate so the priest is celibate right i think he could have gotten married if he wanted to but he would have been leaving a widow behind but he was i mean yeah. right but he, he was knew, celibate. he knew what his mission was so he chose yeah. i mean he chose yeah. not okay two uh, i mean there's the practical thing we talked about this you know the finances of so everybody in your parish gives money you know right. it's easier for the these people to support one person okay, right. than it is yeah, to yeah. support a family. You know, he, yeah. that man gets married and then obviously you can't use contraception in the Catholic Church. So now he has eight kids. You know, now <laughs> the parishioners are asked to support all of that. And not that that's so bad. Uh, I mean, the Orthodox Church does that if we ever get into the split between Catholics and Orthodox. But it's a lesser of a burden financially and, you know, spiritually, emotionally, meaning, and I think we've talked about this in the past, you know, hypothetically, right? I'm a priest. I'm married. I have six kids. My kid is in the hospital sick. One of my parishioners is now on their deathbed and they want their last rites. What do I do? 
I mean, I can't be in both places. I sort of neglect my own child if I go to help them, but yeah. I'm duty. I have a duty and obligation to them also. So I mean, I, them, to me, that's a big reason. I mean, yeah. just like well, so, I you think, are truly there for the right. people that you're to you know ultimately save their souls and lead them to heaven. I mean, I think that's a that's sensible thing, especially when you think about missionaries, because the people are going off into the jungles, you right. know, or potentially things like that. And you know, even Paul talks about that thing of like he he chose not to take a wife, even though he said he had a right to. Because he's literally going into prison, he's traveling around the whole world. Like, what would his right. family? I mean, right. The priest is like? considered married to the church, almost like right. in a real life. You can't have two wives, right. but, and, but that, and, and that, do right by both of them. That's a argument for a voluntary, like why you wouldn't want to do it. But the churches I belong to would say that's your choice still. Right. Uh, it's not the priest's choice in the Catholic Church, right? I mean, you do say that it's a they could change it. Right. But right. as long but as the church is, right. yeah, the you, church, have right. To, yeah. you have right. to be unmarried. Well, then uh, the Catholic Stuff Church like would say, don't, if that's not right. something you want to accept, don't be a priest. Then, right, yeah, but it is a... It you is don't a, have to be a priest. Okay, well, let me... So right. two more yeah. things, two more things. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. All of these things I'm talking about generally apply to nuns also. Um, but the idea is yeah, that... No one ever mentions nuns getting right. married. It's funny. It's but always the, about the priests. The idea is that you now are being a representation of heaven on earth, which means... Uh, when you die, you know, that's why till death do you part. And I believe somewhere in the Gospels, Jesus mentions something about, I mean, he doesn't say this in these words, but basically in heaven, there is no marriage. So the point right, is, right, right, right. The, the priests and nuns, and that's why they wear black typically, is, uh, you know, one, they're representing death by wearing black. And they're representing the afterlife in the life to come, meaning there will not be marriage. Like there is no spouses. You know what I mean? And then I believe the fifth reason um <laughs> You get your multi parts tonight. Was the apostles? Some of them were married, but all of them. And I, I hate to say left their wives. I, I feel like that sounds so like, man. Is what you mean if bad. they were martyred or something? But I mean, they, meaning they went out to preach the gospel and they didn't take their families with them. Like they weren't like right, right. We're talking about almost yeah, like the missionary ish like stuff yeah. you talk uh-huh. about. Yeah. So um, I would say the you know so again to imitate yeah. the it, apostles. It, it, you're, you're saying these are like logistical reasons, right? That, and so that there they, were they there would, was a time in the church history that it was that. Uh, priests did not have to be sell like it was optional. Like right, you know, right. I don't know exact time period, yeah. 400, 500, right? So it hasn't, yeah. but I, and I don't know exactly when the church sort of made it not optional, right. like exactly. But um, but so again, I would sort of say that's the window dressing. And right. to be honest, if I was a priest, I want to be celibate. Like I don't want, and I don't want to say, I would say the burden of two families. I mean, that's, I think, yeah. I think a priest would find that even harder. Well, and I, like I said, logistic, I can see and, the logistical reasons of, of doing that, you know? So, I mean, I think celibacy is a good thing. Yeah, I'm not right. saying that it, it isn't a very smart right. choice for a person like that, but it is not a choice necessarily, according to the church. It is a voluntary, well, you, of course, going into the priesthood. Right, so I guess that would going touch into on the to, we, is, we would get right, into the right. authority of the church. Right, right. So like, and like I said, this isn't necessarily a strict like a knockout thing of like Jesus didn't want this. Right. It's just it was just always one of those weird things to me. And going back to the idea of the priests that abused kids and things, do you ever hear the argument that the celibacy might be tied into that? Like when right. you require only men who don't want to be married, right. you might end up with a percentage of men who have these desires or and you know exercise those desires on children and things like that have you ever heard that like i mean this is a completely different argument from right. the whether jesus wanted it or not but right. it occur, it occurs to me while we're sitting here and i figure i might as well bring it up right you know i, I have to wonder because i do see I mean, why so much pedophilia you look at that and go man that, i would think that's a pretty rare thing and yet it was a pretty common thing within the the Catholic Church, right. is it because of the types of people that would sign up for celibate? I mean, this is, I understand this could be a harsh 
right, thing no, to say. Right. Uh, I'd say a couple of things, right? So one, um, and I don't know all the statistics, but I would imagine there's a lot of married people who are pedophilia. I don't know if that necessarily... Like closeted, Like if whatever. it's just celibacy. Do I agree? Right. I mean, obviously, if you're not celibate... Well, and, and again, I, you don't have to necessarily have some perfect answer to this. No, but, right. Well, I'm just, but I if mean, the argument is for logistics, once the church sees a scandal of that size, is part of the logistic, well, we may have caused issues by only allowing people, un- these types of men in. Uh, I guess, I mean, right. I don't know if celibacy and pedophilia is a connection. Right, yeah, and, and, and I know it's kind of unfair to just say automatically, right? So. But I wondered if the church looked at that as like, and I've I've, hmm, so, I've read some. We stuff have a system, that, and if you claim it's voluntary, they're not tracing it back to like a, a divine commandment, uh, right? And, well, and it's all for these logistical reasons. Right. We go well now. We've got this thing. Maybe if you had allowed some of those men to marry women, have uh, relations, marital relations, and things that might have quenched some of those desire. I don't. I have right. no idea. I don't. I mean, know. right. I mean, well, you say it's I hard. Th- it's hard without statistics, right? I mean, I think there could have been a better screening process. I mean, I think you could have. You mean I, I don't know that sure. all the screening. I mean, well, I think, and that's what's happening today. And right? I'm not saying there isn't. You know, obviously to give people can, to give can lie and cheat. You know, like the best of. So I'm sure you right. still always get those people right. who creep in because i mean if someone really wants to be a priest and lie about everything sure you know what i mean like right but i and i do want to give the catholic church credit right because right. that's gotten very strict that yeah that, i don't i would imagine process, it has i don't i don't know i've the, seen the posters up in churches that say like you know if you see anything or whatever tell yeah me. i mean like, I, like they're, they're very open about this idea that like they never but i mean i'm not saying that's not good but right but having kids and going to I mean, that's everywhere. Have like, you ever worried about your own kids? I, I should have yeah. thought to ask you that. You have six kids. You send them to Catholic Church. Right. Have you worried about, well, the church says it's stamped out, but we know this happened for a long time. You know, uh, well, have you had those thoughts? I mean, this I would is say, I mean, as far as, I mean, my kids with their ages, I would say they're really, ne- whether yeah. church or school or whatever, you know, they're never really, or sports, yeah. they're never left alone with an adult anyway. Right, right, right. I think I would be, I mean, wouldn't at this time still wouldn't like my kids to be left alone with adult anywhere right i got you yeah so um well one other thing i want to say about that uh i have seen studies right because and i think again doesn't excuse it at all but i think since the catholic church is bigger there have some studies that the percentage of pedophilias that were in the catholic church were the same percentages as in the world as in other in the world and like other different groups so right there's more because the church was bigger, so there's more people. But so the point is like saying, well, and I mean, I'm just isn't I'm just making this up, but you know, right. Five percent of the population is pedophilia, like pedophilias. So you're gonna have it pop <laughs> or up pedophiles, everywhere. I guess. Right. So yeah. you're gonna so again, not that that's right or wrong or no, anything. No, I, I I know you're you're quick to say that. But, that, that doesn't justify uh, it. Right. I mean it doesn't justify it. But I mean, I don't think celibacy So yeah. And I, I guess wait on that and then on that a lot yeah. of people are the whole the popular thing now is you know because right, the, the Catholic Church is lacking uh, like less vocations. I mean, people become a priest. Some people say if you let priests marry, more people would be priests. You know what I mean, so there's that argument also. I can um, see that. Yeah. I mean, I guess they would. Would you ever foresee a time when that might happen? I mean, I don't know. I mean, all of my pastors have been right. married, and their wives have been great. And I know I talked to you recently about this about getting marriage counseling from a man who has never been married. It, right. it, it seemed to me like a strange thing. Like I went to a wedding, a Catholic wedding, beautiful, rustic Catholic church in Colorado, and uh, 
it was really cool. But the priest was giving all this marriage advice from the stage, you know, and right. he was talking about make sure you do this every night and make sure you remind each other that you love. It. And I thought, this dude has never experienced any of this. Like he can give all the so advice. So the he idea wants. is he's untainted, though. Then so well, he, I, he can that, you know, that could be a good way of looking at it. He sees the perspective of an untainted. Like, <laughs> because if I ask somebody else who's married, they're going to be like, yeah. "Oh yeah, my wife gets on my nerves too sometimes." Yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, I mean, so he, it's the idea is that he's, un, I mean, he's has a different, right, I, I a different do, view. I do believe you can come sometimes so, at things clearer headed from the outside. You right. Know, people sometimes so say, "Well, you had to have had <clears throat> the situation." It's like not necessarily, and I, I agree. Right. So Maybe, generally, that's the idea. Right. Say. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, but I always found that kind of surprising. I wondered if the bride and groom felt weird when this guy was talking about it, as if he had almost experienced it. But of course, he hasn't. You know, like right. like if I would counsel a friend, and I'm sure you've probably talked to Catholic married friends, and you say, "Well, here's my experience, and here's here's what works." For right. me, this guy is kind of theoretically putting it out there, but you know that's neither here nor right. there. There's right. Things that are interesting and and quirky, I guess. I don't know. Right. <laughs> sure. Yeah. But yeah. So you've um, we've talked about this before. It basically boils down to: Did Jesus want this? Right. I think and so, uh, it's pretty it's pretty clear, and I think it makes it so that it's not really that emotional right. of a conversation. You just have two people here who are both trying to do what the boss wants. Right. You see it this way. I have not been convinced that this is the church that Jesus wants, you know, like I see a lot of things that I go, man, boy, that is strange. Little thing. I could get into some of those if you want, but you know, well, I guess so one to make uh, make a plug for a show, which I think is excellent. Okay. Uh, So on EWTN, that's the Catholic station, eternal world television network. There's a show called journey home with uh, the host is Marcus Grodi. So weekly he has guests on. So these are all converts to the Catholic Church, come from every background and stripe. I mean, maybe Protestant denominations or just atheist, Jewish, whatever. You know, sometimes there's really good stories on there. Right. And, and people, you know, different things talk to different people, right? Some, the history, some, you know, they were somewhere, architecture started thinking about that. I mean, there's all different right, perspectives, yeah. all different backgrounds. So anyway, if that's something that a listener who's, yeah. I don't know, has <laughs> questions, that might be something to tune into. Yeah, that's interesting. So, anyway, so get back to the point, because so we were talking about Jesus, church, all that stuff. Yeah. If you already answered this, yeah. edit this part out. After Jesus, they all die. How does the message continue then? Jesus's message, right? So I mean, the apostles, okay, they yeah. go spread it, right? Actually, the apostles, right? All that well, stuff. when he leaves, then he they tells all them, die, they, right. they all, you know, they get martyred, whatever, they die. So I'm saying, right? The, you know, the New Testament's not written. I mean, people aren't going to have it on their bedstand, right? All that right, stuff. right. So I'm saying, how does the message, right? Because I'm saying the Catholic Church started, you know, it was the oral continuation of the teaching, and then right there, there need to be an authority. Which would have been Peter or the succeeding popes, et cetera, et cetera, to keep the uh, authenticity of the message right. on point. And I mean, I would even go as far as to say, now, and you know, I want to, <laughs> I want to scandalize a lot of people. Out oh there boy, now, is that <laughs> I would say almost to the point that you don't even need the Bible. I mean, it's the oral teachings of the church that. You know, the Bible, yes, is important, and, and I mean, I, I, I would say you do need it, but, you know, I mean, it's almost like I could go through life as a Catholic if I, you know, followed the teachings of the Catholic Church, but never read the Bible. That would be right. sufficient. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I, like I said, I'm pretty minimal, so I actually think that Christians that some sometimes place too much importance on the Bible. I mean, right. I'm sure as a Catholic, you're probably used to hearing Christians talk about the Bible endlessly. It almost becomes like another God or something, like the fourth member of the Trinity, uh, of, right, the, right. of the four-member Trinity, whatever, is the Bible and how holy it is. And I'm not here to do that. I, I definitely think it's useful, but I think that you could just basically boil down 
in terms of being a Christian, right? You could basically have probably one of the Gospels, you know, and 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 some red letters of Jesus, and as long as you understand kind of what's going on, right? I, I always, for you, come back to the thief on the cross, this guy that barely knew anything. And he tells Jesus, you know, this guy is, he, he's innocent. He's who he says he is. And Jesus says, you'll be in paradise today. So that, that guy knew nothing. You right. know, I don't believe that a complete view of your faith is necessary to be a Christian. Now, we talked before right. about the extra benefits and stuff. But right. So, yeah. So let's get back yeah, to you. So what happens to the message? Core Christianity. Right. Yeah. The message. We, you talked about the church. And I think you said the church is not just a building. That, right. to me, is probably one of the main things I come back to. To me, the church is kind of like an organism. It's a body of believers. It's a body of people. Right. And I view it as me as an individual person. I don't wait for the Council of Nicaea, the Council of Trent, or one of these things to make the judgment call. Because you even said to me, I think one of the very first conversations, sorry, I'm not making eye contact because right. you're I'm now standing, standing right. and I'm sitting. <laughs> okay. I'm trying to uh, do this, but... Yeah, that's even weirder. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. Um, one of the first conversations I think we had about this, you asked me, why aren't you more grateful that the Catholic Church kind of organized right. the body? You remember that? Right, yeah. And right. it was kind of this idea of the canon of Scripture. Like, right. Uh, unbelievers... Which you only have because yeah, of the Catholic Church. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Because the, the, the unbeliever... Sorry, a lot of times unbelievers will say, the, the Bible was canonized at this meeting. And if they hadn't have done that then you would have had a different Bible. I always viewed that as, I don't need that meeting. Like, I don't need those people to tell me. I can look at Well, I guess, right, we get back to the, how do you, okay, again, let's go before the Bible. I'm trying to kind of explain like that. To me, it's it's an individual. But that's where I'm saying. An individual person. But then you're getting into, we're going to both have a different interpretation of what it says. Only one can be right. Truth has to be right. That's correct. One thing that Jesus meant whenever he said whatever, host of things he says in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm first going back to their times. Mm -hmm. If they're all around, all the apostles are around, and I'm just a follower, I'm going to go apostle, Andrew, whoever. He knows more than I do what Jesus really wanted. So I'm going to go to that guy, right? And I'm going to be like, you know, Andrew, what did Jesus really mean when he said blank? And Andrew will say, you know, whatever, you know, blank love God, whatever, you know, right. So my point is Andrew dies though, and he has someone. So I'm the guy who was always with Andrew. They're going to come to me next to be like, you know, what did Andrew understand Jesus really to mean when he said blank? And I'm going to answer. And so my point is that's going to keep going on you know, down the line. Right. And you may even say, well, I buy that. But my point is right. Yes. Well, there is there one person amongst those people who, you know, is sort of the ultimate decider, I would say, yes, the Pope. Now, let me finish before I say, yeah, yeah. this whole Pope thing, it's not like the Pope's a dictator and this it's like, Pope thing. what the, who's the Pope said this? No, there were still councils just like in uh, the Council of Jerusalem and the Acts. There's a council. It's just the Pope is the guy who, when there's conflict and nobody can decide on anything, they need somebody to sort of, you know, break the tie. Yeah. It's the Pope who does that. And someone might say, well, why him? And it's because when Jesus chose Peter to start the church, and we've talked about this before, right, uh, right. when he says, I give you the keys, that's Old Testament right. uh, symbolism. He's not just giving one person. Jesus is starting an office. Right, which, right. And they understood, this is the Catholic view. Right, the office is to succeed. And this is all in the Old Testament. The keys represent almost like what we would call the prime minister. But my point is, Jesus didn't say, I'm going to give you the crown. Do you know what I mean? It's like, because that's not the office that Jesus was setting up. So my, to wrap, to sort of yeah. uh, make that all nice and sweet. <laughs> yes, the Pope, and, and today he's still important. And yes, back then the Pope was important in decision-making, 
but the Pope is not a dictator. I mean, you can correct the Pope, yeah. but that doesn't mean they don't have the authority either. Right. Just like people, I mean, whether you like the president or not, I mean, people can correct the president. That doesn't mean he's still not the president. Right. I, mean, no, yeah. you, I mean, so anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's a couple things there. So, so go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's no, that's fine. Um, I'm trying to take them one at a time. I think, you know, initially we're talking about interpretation. I hear a lot from Catholics about how do you know you have the interpretation? I think right. that that's a concern for anybody who's a, who's, a, who's a follower of Jesus. That's a concern for a lot of atheists whenever they say, oh, you guys all have different interpretations. Anybody can right. say it. I think that interpretation is happening all the time. We are doing it right now. While we're talking, you're interpreting what I'm saying, right. I'm interpreting what you're saying. Just, but then there's just, no just consistency to, to Just it. to finish, I think interpretation is a skill. I do think that you can be better or worse at interpretation. Right. And in my view, and this is just my view, and I'm not saying this for all, but where I am today with it, I think that you can use reason and evidence. Right. We talked about a reasonable faith. You can right. use, there. there is a field of study, uh, textual criticism that, that analyzes text. There is a field of study called uh, hermeneutics. Right. hermeneutics right. Know the about, language, know right, the yeah. context there, of the language. There are, there are some right. sciences that sort of, uh, literary sciences that deal with this. So there's a lot of things the you Bible can do. The Bible wasn't written in English back exactly. in Jesus' exactly. time. Right. Yeah. I get Just it. Right. Shocking, uh, a shocking tidbit for people listening. Um, yeah, it wasn't the King James. Jesus didn't right. say thou and thusly. <laughs> so that that is where I, I kind of come to with that. That, right, it, okay. that it is every right, individual, okay. uh, that is the believer's responsibility to put in the homework, put in the time. Now, I'm not saying that everybody has to be But what happens, when we, I, I what happens when we differ in our interpretation? Right, yeah. They can't both be right. So the councils that we referenced earlier, right. they came together and they had these meetings. Sometimes right. this is what spawned it. And these are Catholic councils, I guess. Right. But there would be a guy run, running around saying something that the church said, look, this guy is off his rocker. We got to correct this, right? They come together. They have a debate. And they right. discuss, and they do what, what people do. I almost said what men do. I'm, I'm getting like manly right. here, I guess, somehow. But they, they do what people do, uh, and they discuss, debate, use reason, and then they vote at the end, right? I love it. I think that is 100% great. I think but, we can still do that. I think that those men didn't even claim that God showed up at the meeting and divinely gave anybody the guidance. It's that they used the tools that they were given by God, which is their brains, the text that they had, what they knew of, you can you can go through authority in the past, you know, whatever. But you come to a conclusion. You say, "Here's what I think," and that's and then you make a decision, and it's on you, you know. But I that's kind of where I am with that. I don't look right. for a person to tell. I think it's now this. I don't mean to offend you, right? No, no, right. right so well, I think it almost sounds like a weakness when you just look at a teacher because I have known so many bad teachers, right? And I'm right. sure you have too. And I'm sure you even say sometimes, well, the Pope just said a bad thing. Right. I need, in my opinion, to be able to look at a teacher and say, dude, you're way off base. And how do I know that? Because I know this better than you. What you're right. saying, regardless of your role, you're saying some wacky stuff. I, my own pastor, I remember him standing up there in right. like, I love my pastor. You know, he, mar he married my wife and I. I um that always sounds weird, doesn't it? No. <laughs> he is an awesome guy, but he started saying some wacky stuff one time and I was like, I wish I could literally stop him right now in the middle of this sentence before right. he ruins everyone's mind in this room, you know, and and correct him on this because I I honestly in my head thought I understand this better than you do, you know. Right. And I okay. feel like that is reality. That okay. is that is the messy world we live in, unfortunately. Can I jump in there? Yeah, yeah, dude. <laughs> I get what you're saying. Uh, here's here's one thing I think you're missing 
with when yeah. you set up that set that all yeah. up. Let me do an example first, and I'll put it in the co- context of what we're talking. So let's say you're reading about I don't know some medical condition, cancer, right? You're reading about cancer, okay? Right. And you want to know, and so you're like, I want to make a you know whatever informed decision on this whatever. Mm-hmm. Would you? What would you accept more? You reading some books, or the decision of the experts in right. cancer, it's what like they said. Consensus, like we talked before right. okay, about so what would you, science, would you, right, consensus. The, the, I mean, so like you would right. listen to the, probably with the experts, the guys with the medical degrees Expert in opinions. cancer, blah, blah, right, blah, 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 right. right. Okay, so I'm saying that's the same thing. When they have these councils, right. it's not just Joe, John, and Mike, let's talk about it. No, it's they're, the they're experts educated experts yeah. in those yeah, topics. Yeah. Yes, 100%. Right, so when they make a decision, yeah, that decision actually has some weight to it because they're the egg. And I'm not saying it has weight because we have to accept it, but meaning right, right. that's an intelligent decision an they're intelligent making. Decision. It's not right. just you know, yeah. us debating. You know, I mean, we're both in time, but well, you're saying we're, we're not, not experts. Yeah. yeah, you know <laughs> what I'm kidding, saying. I'm kidding. We haven't devoted our lives to like studying all this right, stuff and figuring yeah. out. And I'm saying that's the difference. They were, so right. their opinion matters. Mine doesn't. Well, it has weight. So when you say like we weight. can just do this, I'm saying it's not the same. It's not the situation. same. No, I believe me. I, I hope I'm not giving the impression that I don't believe in pastors. You know what I mean? Or teachers, or people that go to seminary and study. I mean, when you said that you were in the monasteries and stuff, right? Or that the current pope is like this. Uh, what is he? A Jesuit? Right. Uh, Jesuit. I right. have full respect for that. These are people that are devoting so much time to thinking. I wish I could sometimes right. spend as much time thinking as they are so they're they're so i guess opinion, my question is who do you want to sit I, around i'm trying to give i'm trying to give that context i'm trying to, to answer you to on that answer these questions that opinion has weight just like the scientific consensus right. on global warming or whatever it has weight right it doesn't mean that they're they couldn't be wrong right there's okay. been times in science in the past whenever the consensus was wrong you okay know? right and i'm not saying that we should automatically doubt it whatever but what matters to me more than the consensus or the authority is right. why they think it. I think one thing I don't like about modern science or the way that people talk about it is that they're very quick to just say, well, scientists say, right. and then leave it at that and kind of just st- turn off their brain. I think it's a little bit reminds me of what you said about people that don't think about hell or death or whatever. Right. They just kind of, well, who cares? I guess that's how it is. I, I'm not good with that. I like to know why scientists say and right. I get that they're educated, and I get that they're they put in the time, but I want them to then communicate to me the reasons that they did that. Right. right? So when the council decided, I forget what council it was that canonized the scripture. They, all of these letters, by the way, so people know, that are now called the Bible in quotes, whatever. They were all out there, right? They were already existed in separated form. Right. It was just an issue of let's officially tape all this together and call it because there are other books starting to come out that people are saying are legit. Right. In those meetings, they made arguments. I want to know what those arguments are. Right. I, I Now, this may sound blasphemous to some people, but I, as a Christian, think that I have the right to say that Jude is not uh, an important book to read, if I want. I'm not saying that, by the way. Right. I'm, I'm not saying Jude, throwing Jude under the bus So it sounds like here. to me, because uh, I think but I, but I think I have the right to be able to, not... I don't need to just literally now again. No offense to you. Just say, well, they said it. I'm done. I don't right. have to think about right. Them so anymore. I, I would say it doesn't. Sound, they don't right. claim that. They I claim, don't think you. Say, so it doesn't sound like you're yeah. saying I don't need to listen to that council. You're just saying 
No, I want, I want I to want investigate to hear, that council. Yeah, and by the way, the council that decided the canon of Scripture was not unanimous on every... By the way, I shouldn't even say decided. That's not my view. I think they, they formally did it, whatever, but I, I'm free to disagree, I think. And w- right here, as a Catholic and a non-Catholic, we have two separate uh, numbers of books in our Bibles, right. P- potentially, right? So The ones that the Protestants took out because... They didn't like the Catholic teaching and them sure. Yeah, right. give it to me, man. I got to right. hear this. I, I want to hear all the trash talk. I have no clue, by right. the way. I, I have no clue. But, well, I, they, well, but yeah, this I is an area just, where I'm, right. not, I'm not worried because I can go and investigate and possibly start to read uh, what some Christians call the Apocrypha or whatever, but it's right. the Catholic... The Catholic books, why are they in there? Maybe well, that's really maybe the I second should be group of this. apocryphal books. The first group okay, right. are Testament. the ones that right that didn't make it into this official canon. He's holding up the red book. So well, those yeah. are the first apocryphal yeah. books. And I think it's important to note, right, so like yeah. you said, they didn't come, to, you know, like they didn't all come to well, consensus. Well, I, I just meant to say real quick that right. they didn't all unanimously agree. Right. When the vote was cast, it was a majority vote. And right. now some atheists will say like, a vote? Are you serious? Because that sounds so insane to say like, God left it to a vote. However, that is how I think it works with people. Like, you use your brain, you decide, is this an authoritative work? Did this come from... They had criteria. They debated. Some people didn't sign off on Jude or whatever, but they were in the minority. So they said, here's right. what we're going to do. We call this the canon of Scripture. They did it using their brain, right? Right. They didn't just wait for a sign from heaven. Right. I believe that there could be signs from heaven, by the way. I'm not trying to say there's no miracles, but I'm saying right. that they. a lot of times I think God lets us reason our way through things, whatever, and... Uh, so I'm getting excited here, but that that's that's my well, view. And, right, I, I want to say I think yeah. it's important when, when yeah. we talk about that stuff because right. right, I think sometimes you know people say sola scriptura, which means you only need the Bible, Bible alone, which it's not Bible alone. You know, all yeah. they're saying is that those texts are divinely inspired. That doesn't mean you can't read an apocryphal book. Like there no, could be a valuable teaching. Oh, in absolutely. That. By the way, but they're just. I'm just saying they're yeah. just saying these ones are divinely yeah. inspired. It's not that. Anything else is bad. I mean, I'm, there obviously will be books that are bad. I mean, that you shouldn't read. You're talking I mean, about the council's decision was that these right. were divinely inspired. It's more inspired. like a positive yeah. assertion right. that these ones right. are the best because right. they're divinely inspired. Yeah. And, and I mean, I, I. It doesn't mean all of the books yeah. that were thrown out. I mean, and I don't know every book that was thrown out, and I'm sure there was some controversy. Some and even saying thrown good, out but, is an exaggeration right, because but, it's not like they burned them. Right. They just said these aren't authoritative right. in the same way. We're not going to consider them part of the canon. But I think that right. as a Christian in this, in 2018, whatever, I'm allowed to dis- disagree and say, yeah, I am going to read the, the, the whatever this you know other book is, and I'm going to take from that what I want. Um, that again, that may sound crazy to some people, but that's sort of my view today, you know. Right, and I would agree, except I would say the church is probably saying read that, but tread lightly, meaning that if something you right. read over here contradicts something in here. This is what you should put your talking about trust the Bible in. there, right. right? Well, I mean, like the whatever letter of New Testament, sure, whatever, I'm sure. Just saying. Yeah, but now, um, and I anyway. and I've said before that I don't think you need the Bible to be a Christian because, I mean, I have a hundred percent bulletproof evidence of that because the early church did not have the entire right. Bible as we and the New Testament was not written yet. Right. They were going around as Christians, believing, probably dying without a New Testament. So correct. I. Yeah, I I place importance on the Bible, but I also I try not to give it more importance than it gives itself. You know, right? Um, so I don't know if that answers that question, but that kind of comes to the interpretation. I know a lot of Catholics are worried about 
the right interpretation and all Correct. these denominations and the wrong. And I think that you view that as something has obviously gone wrong when you have this right, many uh, views. Right, However, would, in the Catholic Church itself, I think you've already been quick to say there are a lot of views within the Catholic Church, but and the Pope himself sometimes will some say of them, a wrong thing. You know, right? And again, it depends that's, that's what topic, what, are like. what topic yeah. we're talking about, and right, right. And there might be different. There, right at times, there may be some different views in the Catholic Church, and some of them are wrong. Now, you, you might know? have a really bad Pope, as you pointed out before. Right. I think that you, as a Christian Catholic, should be able to say this Pope is off his rocker. My family is not going to listen to this Pope. Like, like, right? As long as he because but, but that's you, what I'm saying. You know better. Let's. But say, that's what I'm saying. As possible. long as he doesn't right. contradict a teaching of the Church. But that's what I'm saying. No right. Pope has ever changed right. a teaching of yeah. the Church. I mean, so or even like an issue. Okay, here's a great issue. Right, yeah. I mean, issues of modesty in the culture. Right. So obviously, there's a lot of immodesty in the culture. Right. And I don't know if this Pope has said anything, but I'm sure the Pope, you know, would probably say. You shouldn't dress like that. You should, you know. I'm just gonna make this up. Uh, don't wear a tank top. You should wear sleeves down to your wrist. Okay. Right. That doesn't mean I have to do that. Right. And I mean, sure, it's a good recommendation because you know, in cases of sin, maybe you know, I'm too provocative. What all those issues? But that's not a teaching of the church. I don't right. have to do that if I don't want to. Right, yeah. It may be good advice. Yeah, and that's how I, I view. Anyway. That's how I view a lot of Paul's comments. And I'll see for me the modesty stuff comes out of a more of a core of not causing people to fall into sexual sin. Right, right. You know, which we'd both agree with, and it would be a pretty easy case to make, that you don't want to try to sexually tempt the people right. around you if you're a person that believes in sexual, being sexually conservative right. or whatever. And you tell your kids this, you know, and, I, and that wouldn't probably be an area that we'd have any issue with. Now, saying how specifically does this need to play out, what specific outfits you almost think that there should be more specificity. Is that kind of where you come from? Because you'll sometimes say, "Well, how do we know what to do about this situation or that situation?" Uh, I mean, I don't know yeah. about I don't know about clothes per se. I mean, well, I no, know. but just like you know, you say, "Well, the Bible might be silent on something. How do we know what to do?" Right? Right. You need more than what's just. I mean, you can like there's topics that might come up. I mean, here, here, I'll try to help you out here, and not that you need my help, but <laughs> but I think part of it, like a Catholic's point of view, maybe artificial intelligence and the issues that that might pose. The church will still be there. The Catholic Church will be there to guide its community and say, here's the right. answer. Whereas a person like myself will have to look at that and use what I know about what Jesus wants and say, here's my decision, but I won't have a clear, like, I won't have a pope to just say, uh, this is what we're doing about the AI, you know? Right. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a right. crazy, so it's something a crazy like, example. In, right. Something like maybe even with the, you know, like in vitro right. fertilization. So, okay, sure. You know, a lot of people, I would imagine, are okay with that. The Catholic Church says no because, I mean, someone has to do something yeah. to create, you know, the parts of it, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so that's a problem. And then you have all the yeah. uh, f- fertilized embryos that get destroyed, which are people. Um, so I'm just saying that might be an area where, right, like that's not, that may not be in the Bible. Yeah, the specific words, <laughs> fertilized embryos, are not. But right. I think that a lot of these things boil down to principles that are. And that's where I think. So I guess, right. So I want to say the church is a living church. So yes, I mean, it, and that's why Jesus started the church, right? Jesus couldn't, in whatever, you know, his three years public ministry, you know, yeah. lay out every <laughs> single thing that everybody should ever do in the entire world, right. every second and all that stuff. So right. that's why the church, which is uh, guided by the, the Holy Spirit. So I mean, the church needs to be sort of the voice throughout the ages to mm-hmm. help 
guide and lead in the teachings of Jesus. But anyway, I just, I just want to, oh, yeah, so you didn't, because I don't know if there was confusion, like the church, I would say, you know, isn't yeah. a dead, like, organism. No, 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 and I don't think it is either. I think it's just not a organization. It's right. more of a group. And I want to say something, because sometimes some people will object, you know, maybe they'll be like, where's that in the Bible or something? Yeah. There's no new teachings, okay? Like, you know, after the last John apostle died, there's no new teachings, but they may not all be revealed. You know, I mean, just like science, there's things that obviously they didn't know back in science, you know, back when sure. the apostles were around. But things we learned in science that might give us light on something, not that it's changed yeah, right, anything, right, right. but it's almost like it's enlightened something yeah. or given us, yeah. you know, more insight into something. Sure. An issue. Anyway, yeah. I just want to say that. That's fine. And you were saying that in the three years that Jesus was teaching, he didn't have time to address everything that would happen. Right. I agree, but I come back to my simple faith idea. I think... He repeated the same things a lot of times, and we got the we got the basic point there. It's not that difficult. I mean, this is I'm sorry if that sounds rude, but I think it's not really that difficult. When he told um, people that love God and love neighbor, he said that everything in the in the law and the prophets, everything boils down to those two elements: you right. love God and you love your neighbor. And the, the the detailed part is, how do I do that, you know, as best as I can? How do I love my neighbor? I think the modesty kind of falls into the love your neighbor thing. Other things might fall into the love God thing. But you basically have, who's missing from that equation? Me. I'm sort of like, downplay myself, you know? And that sort of seems to be the core morality there. And I feel like that is enough to probably cover all the bases. Even if there's some crazy futuristic thing, uh, we come back to that. Is this loving of our neighbor? Is this loving of God? Is this, you know, so um, that might sound simple to people, but I, you know, I'm just saying what my, no, right, what I my, agree, what my right, take I'm is. Going back it. to the, yeah. right, the guy in the village, right? If there's a guy in the village who doesn't even know the gospel, I think he could probably live a pretty good, quote unquote, Christian life. Right. And I'm not saying that there aren't truths like true answers to all these questions, but I think right. it's not necessary to know all of them 100% in order to be a believer. Um, like the guy in the jungle, yeah. Right. It kind of falls into that. But uh, Well, do you have any questions for me along those lines? Because I know, I, I, think, I think we kind of made it clear that this is our split, basically, as I'm looking at, I'm not convinced that this is the same church this is not right. what necessarily what Jesus wants us to do. I see things that happen that I just go, man, right. I don't, I don't know. Uh, then, okay, yeah, but I got yeah, some questions. I don't know. What, what's yeah. your, what's your perspective yeah. then? I, again, I'm not even going to call them like, you know, my, what did you call? Not your kill shot. What did you call it? Your uh, knock out of the park, slam dunk, or something. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> not, not that these are that, but knockout, right? Knockout, right? But just more supportive evidence of, you know, meaning that Jesus wanted this church. And I'm not even sure if you're saying he didn't want it or you just don't yeah. know. But I'm not convinced. When you know, and I mean, I'm not expecting you to give me a date right now, like 90 <laughs> AD. When yeah, did, yeah. obviously it took on this form at some point. Yes. So you would say, I'm assuming somebody got off track. Obviously, I would say yeah, it, it you started showed, with Jesus. I, I, I think mean, we you, can but, tell people, you showed me a chart once that you had drawn, that you you were drawing, you know, what they call the early church fathers, you know, people living in the second, third, fourth century right. that were Christian believers, that were leaders, and they had these comments, and you can watch the quotations of them as they say things that are in line with the modern Catholic Church, right? Correct. The way I look at it is that they kind of grow more and more Catholic-y as they go on. Right. And I think that, yes, they are fallible people, and that's it's 
cool that they said that, but I tried to follow Jesus, right? And right. I, I know that's obvious. But then and we can stupid. get right back to how do you even know if you're not going to trust that? Right. How do you even know what they said about Jesus is right? Then you're talking about the gospel authors, right? How can you even trust them then? Yeah, that's more of a question about reliability of the gospels. Right. That's like a historical question. Then you start well, bringing. What's, in, so, I mean, then you what's start bringing historical? In historical Jesus experts, existed, right? fine, yeah. but what's that? Jesus yeah. said, "Love thy neighbor and love God." How do you right. know he really ever even said that then? Yeah, it's just, I think you can do, like I said, with reason and evidence. You can do this with, are these books historically reliable? You would do it with a book about Abraham Lincoln. You would right. do it with a book about anything historical. Reliable that he was, right, right. alive. Right. But You're I don't know. The, the specificity know of the quotes, you mean? Right. I don't necessarily need them to all be word for word. I mean, we already said it's translated into English. Right. No, you but I, I mean? but I mean, I guess yeah. my point is, it's like I feel like you're doing a double standard. Like you're you're yeah, saying I don't trust that Saint Polycarp, Saint Athanasius, whoever you know, maybe they didn't really disseminate the correct information or get the right message to begin with. But I'm going to trust that Jesus really said these things in the Bible. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Well, I'm well, going. To to the earliest source, basically. I know. Well, well, I mean, because I think that. Would but be I guess the best, my point is, if you're the not best thing to do, like, if you're not going to trust the earliest source that was passed, some things were passed on. How do you even trust the early source that the things before it were legitimate? I just, I feel like you're, you're sort of, you're picking and choosing what you're going to put your trust in. As well, being, I'm rewinding back to as far back to right, the I know. source. The source is Jesus, right? We, we right. already, we but already I guess know. I, and I guess this right. is where we always get in the second point. Yeah, I can't separate. Yeah the source of Jesus in the Catholic Church. To me, it's all one and the same. Right. But you live in 2018. So right. to know that, you go back, you go right. back, you go right. back, and you see a line drawn between Jesus and the current Catholic Church. And right. you're, you think the line is unbroken and pretty solid. Right. I think it's not that clear. Like, right. I, I don't think it's as unbroken. And, like, to right. me, what it looks like is things Jesus taught, the church he had, and then this other thing it looks like it mutated, and, and we talked about fallible people, so I'm not even necessarily saying people were evil, right. but I think people start to do things and build structures and do these things, and like you said before, where later the, the Pope said that Mary is suddenly sinless, Mary is suddenly ascending into heaven, Mary is, is suddenly a perpetual well, virgin. I wouldn't say suddenly, these, well, are, no, these I, were yeah, always I, I teachings of the church. Yeah, I said suddenly, and right, I, I, that I, probably came Good. across a little too harsh. Um, to me, it does come out of thin air, because... The perpetual virginity thing. In my reading of the Gospels, I see Jesus having brothers. I think it seems right, pretty that, clear. And that's where I would we right, get into yeah. interpretation. Oh, yeah, yeah. So this is cool. I mean, right. but this is one of those things where it, I do believe it's a personal thing. I look at that and I go, everything I, What's, wait, everything yeah. I can tell... What, you mean specifically a verse or something? No, the person... I mean, you said, like, you think it's a personal thing. A personal what? thing of it's up to me to use my brain, right, okay, use right. evidence, and use okay, leadership right. okay. and scholarship and whatever. Right, and okay. as far as I can tell, based on the reading of what's in the Gospels, Jesus had physical brothers from his mom. His, his mom had sex with Joseph and had other other. Children. And I don't see where right. you could have that if right. you're doing proper research. Yeah. In the context of what the languages mean back then, when brothers back right. then means... a term of a dear endearment you it could like, yeah like you, they call their cousins brothers the catholic answer i guess sometimes is that they could be cousins well no they right? are i mean that, that's that they what, are they are cousins right, right? i found right. scholarly research that says right brother right. and there, so i was, and i always say this to you all the time you know i have a good friend of mine who you know we're not brothers i mean we, we just went to high school together no, I to college, yeah. and i call them brothers sometimes it's just like although that's we're an english stupid thing, yeah. and we, right. right but i'm yeah. just saying uh the the research i've seen is that in yeah. those times like it was a similar thing like that's what you you know a term of endearment right. um and keep in mind because these people like obviously their families yeah. and relations 
were much closer back then. You know, people weren't urban sprawl or suburban yeah. sprawl. I mean, communities like so there was like a closeness to right. uh, things. Not, anyway, no, I know we're not okay. fighting today. No, or about yeah, well, that and I'm not. Yeah, and I'm not. Well, we we but, we are discussing it. I'm not intending for us to hash that entire thing out right now. Right. The meaning of the words and all right, that right, stuff right, right, like that. Right. You've read your things. I've read my things and stuff. I think it is your liberty. Your free will to be convinced of what you're convinced of. Right. I and, get and, your and conscience. So I, I look right. I look at that and I read and I try to determine it and I go, it looks like Jesus has physical brothers. Now this church is telling me that no, his mother never now that's in a small right. that's a small example. Right. But there's you know, things like that, like Jesus saying to the the Pharisees, why do you call them father? You should not call them father. You have only one father. And then the Catholic Church calls all this priests father. Right. And I know it's not the worst thing in the world, but if I was starting that church, I'd be like, here's one thing we're not going to do. We're not going to call them father because literally Jesus is getting upset about that. You know, well, I don't think just they, to so stay that's on like the, what just same, to so stay on the safe side. Again, terms of we, endearment. Right, I don't right. think they called Polycarp, Anthanasia, all that father. That's just a yeah. term. At some point, the culture, you know, starts seeing them as, oh, these are our spiritual fathers. They lead us to right. heaven. And that. I'm and just so saying. so they start calling yeah, them. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. This is an I, example of something that don't it seems think, like Jesus had a different view. And, and I look at that and I go, that would worry me if I were trying to continue on the church. It would worry me that we're saying father all the time because he criticized the Pharisees about people saying that word. Now, I could be mistaken. I, I'm full. I mean, this whole thing, this whole right. podcast and everything, we, you know, hopefully people understand that I could totally be wrong and, and I'm hopefully open to evidence and things like that. Right. You know what I mean? Everyone would like to think that they're open minded and, you know, that kind of thing. But I'm just trying to frame it in the idea that the version that I see and then I hear a church saying, well, we should say father or we should. Uh, say that Mary never had kids, or we should um, pray to Mary sometimes, I guess, or you can, right. she can hear you somehow, you know, and, and I think intercession, I, right. I look at that and I go, what? what? I'm praying directly to God, like Jesus talks and about. And nobody says you, you have to pray right, to right, Mary, right? right. Yeah, you don't sure. have to. Sure, That's but I like see that happening, like, right? But it's an encouraged practice, right? I mean, you right, tell your it kids, is, right. like, yeah. I would look at that and go, guys, we we have literally a direct line to God. Right, but I think that's again not not. This I is mean, the, the you know the old idea I see was right. he's a direct line, and then it looks like this later idea is oh well, there's also saints you can pray to, Mary right. you can pray to. Now again, all this could come across as like a personal attack or something. All right. I just say it in the in the way that comes to my head is like I look at that and I go, man. It just doesn't feel like right. it matches up. And I'm okay but with that's people where, right. having been doing things over time that right. kind of are human. Like you said, unfortunately, God chose flawed people to do this, right? So I'm, right. A, And you've, you've admitted that. And so I just think that's what you have. You have flawed people saying, oh, well, guess what? We're going to pray to Mary now. And I just go. But then it's like you get these same flawed people. Right. How do you even know the four books they put in the Gospels <laughs> should even be in there then? These are flawed people who probably screwed it up anyway. Okay. I feel like you're picking and choosing yeah, I answer what you that, want but, to accept but I wanna, and what you don't want to accept. So. I want to answer that as to why I would put some trust in them, but I also want to know what you're getting at. Are you Is your view that we know that those books are reliable because the Catholic Church tells us? Is that kind of where you're coming? Like, what's the answer for you? Like, you're, right. say, you're saying, how do I know? Before I answer... Do you know only through the teaching of your priest? Like, I would that, say, I mean, if you're you, getting at, is that I guess, why you have confidence in those. Books? I guess I have confidence. Yeah. I mean, whether you know, not just my yeah. priest, but I would say, I would yeah. say, if if there's something that contradicts the teaching of the Catholic Church, mm-hmm. the brothers or whatever, 
I would say that right. I would say like that's that's a wrong teaching. So do I need the Catholic Church to make up my mind for me? Ultimately, yes, I do. Thinking of your of Catholic your wife, because I think I brought this up before. Your wife had no respect for the Catholic Church, and then you give her evidence or you give her something, and then she eventually comes to appreciate the Catholic Church, right? Right. It can't work backwards where she first believes the authority of the Catholic Church and then she comes to be a Catholic, right? You know what I mean? Uh, no, I right. I know what you're saying, right? That probably, I mean, I guess so it could happen. I view the Gospels that way. I would say some people, that may appeal to them, right? Some people probably start at authority. I mean, like, I need somebody. How I'm do I know? Even you would have used historical evidence or something rather than right. appealing to the Pope. You couldn't right. have told your wife, hey, the Pope says it. Right, no, right, right. I hate when Christians do that, where they go, right. hey, the Bible says it. Right. That's it, man. And, no, right, and I know the atheist you, right. goes, what are you talking about? I don't right. even you believe need, it. Right, you need... You the, have to start earlier than that. Right, but I guess that's what I'm saying. The Catholic Church comes before the Gospels. Okay, Here, so here's, what I, here's how I view that, it. Like, you're yeah. working from the middle of is well, what here, I'm saying. Here's how I view it. Right, yeah. Right. Well, I'm just saying that's let's the way see I see our, it. Let's see if our analogies are, are similar. Right. I'm picturing the house, right? The bottom floor is belief in, let's say, truth at all okay then comes belief in god i've got um, then I, now, i'm not really go ahead but then comes belief it. in the new testament or the reliability of it historically then okay. comes belief in jesus like i'm kind of trying to build up a foundation from zero belief right. all the way to my christian belief this is how i look at it right see what i'm saying you're missing a floor in there between new testament and god okay in, in my in my 20s this is what i did right, i ahead. broke my faith down to zero i started building it up and i started going each floor has to be Fat, like solid, right? This is how I did it, and it's right, not right, the right, perfect right. way, but but right. I view it as first you have to at least accept that there is a God, right? Okay, right, and sure. then then we can talk about whether or not He communicated right, anything. Who's God and what? Right, who's God? It could stuff, be a right. dragon. It could be a right, woman, right? Right, right? So then we get to that level. Now we go, who is this person? Then we right. get to the New Testament documents, and we say historically, forget religion. Just right. looking at it as a historian, okay, I'm confident these seem like they're legitimate. I have documents, to, I have right? to jump in. I guess like I cannot separate. <laughs> Go for you it. cannot have these documents though, without the Catholic Church. Like they're inseparable. Uh, I don't understand that. Because, and even the I'm yeah. saying even the apostles and I guess right. They, I mean they were, they were the, letters. They the were Catholic, circulating. I'm saying that's the Catholic yeah. side of me. I'm sure, but like <laughs> I'm saying you can't separate the apostles from the Catholic Church. It's inseparable. I can't accept this. Well, they were just a bunch of guys, and then later. They said, like, let's get more organized. Like, it, that's just not the way I understand it to well, happen. Well, let's see what we know about these guys. They wrote these Gospels. They're different authors, right? You have Mark right, and four, Luke. And, right, right, Matthew, yeah. Mark, Luke, John. Right. You have these different authors. Some right. of them are disciples. Some of them are not. They record things. You look at those from a historical angle. You, anal okay, historical, you analyze okay. them historically. Right. And just as you would with any secular. I'm not talking religion right. at all. You just look at them in a okay, secular right. way. Secular, right, right. Now, not everybody agrees, but I think, having looked at that, that they seem pretty reliable. So then I take okay. that, and then I go, guess what? We have a decent gist idea of what Jesus said and did. Okay, so now right. I'm going to it. place my belief in him, right? Like, my belief in him is I guess he's, right. I, there's no movie of him. There's no right. like. I'm not, he's not directly. I, I get exactly what you're saying. I get it. So I kind of build it up it. that way. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I just want to make that clear for everybody. But I think the problem we're yeah. having, we we're, we keep going back and we just keep no, struggling on it. No, is go ahead, sorry. where do they right. get their information if they weren't an apostle? Where did they get their oh, information? So that's a question about the authors of the Gospels. How did they? Yeah. The, how right. did they compile? How their did information? they get their information? Well, what do you think happened? And if they I mean, were an apostle, like Luke, so, like, Luke talks about here. You got your Bible. I'm going to open it. Yeah, I'm going to sure bust gonna. open the red book. This so, is nothing. Con this is not controversial. No, well, I'm just going to reference something here for myself. Yeah, reference away. I like this, folks. He's using his phone. Mr. Luddite 
anti-technology. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I know. Look at that screen, too. Look at that. Whoa, cracked. Yeah. It's all right. It still works. Um, uh, I was opening to Luke 1 here. Luke is writing his gospel to a guy named Theophilus. Right. right? Like an emperor so, or right. some sort We don't of whatever, know 100%. Right? Somebody, I think it right. means friend of God. But he says... Uh, Inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things which have been accomplished among us, just as they were delivered to us by those who from the beginning were I okay, delivered to us by those who were eyewitnesses. Right. It seemed good to me also. Again, we're not hundred percent sure who Luke is, but right. it seemed good to me also. Uh, having followed all things closely for some time past to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, that you may know the truth. Okay. Right. So he's not a direct eyewitness, but he's like basically right. a not detective he's interviewing. Right. He's, and right. He, he also wrote the book of Acts and all this stuff. So right. he goes and records all this. So, I mean, I don't see any reason to treat it like some kind of like a magical thing. Right. It's a guy, I, I, it's a guy I, interviewing people. See, I don't, wasn't, I mean, I've always under the understanding yeah. that he was like a disciple of Paul. So A um, companion of Paul. Yeah, I think you might right. be right. And, and again, forgive us both for not having like, right. m- you know, photographic memories of everything. Right. You get the well, point. You can analyze the documents at right. almost secular, just look at them secularly, but, and then yeah. say, you know what? It's just like Abraham Lincoln. Right, okay, and I, I get like I get I get what you're saying, yeah. right? I get you can make the case right. for the historical Jesus that he existed. Yeah. And I even get the point that you'll get you can make the case that this Jesus, we'll just call him, you know, right. the historical Jesus, did yeah. actually rise from the dead, which probably means he was God. Okay, I get that. I, I get everything you're saying. And I get based on what yeah. they wrote, you know, right, he pretty much said, Love thy neighbor, cl- clothe the poor, feed the hungry, whatever. Right, grant, I get grant that. Some basics, you mean? I right, the, like right. the gospel, you know. Basic. I right. get and, and and a little bit about his life. You know, right. he was born in Bethlehem. All right, I get that. <laughs> right, but then I would say you you know you neglect to see the teachings of I'm starting a church. Right. Again, the context that they understand. They understand. I know I went. I talked about this before. Yeah. But the keys, and that means it's an office right, yeah. that's going to succeed okay. through time. And Peter, you're the rock, so you're sort of in charge. And the way they write the gospels, always listing Peter first. Right. Uh, I think it's in John, whatever. They arrive at the tomb. They wait for Peter to go in. All these things. Right. Sometimes they're referred to as Peter's and companions. So they're setting the gospel writers are setting Peter up. To the people back then would know that Peter's more important than everybody else here. He's in charge of these people. People have to listen to him. And with the keys, I'm saying that means it's an office. So whoever takes Peter's place is going to also be more important than it. So anyway, I'm just saying... The keys thing I think is worth mentioning. You gave me a CD. Your wife gave me a CD about the keys. The guy was giving his... We've been joking tonight about the knockout. The guy actually right. said, I was I was leaning in because I was listening to it in my car and I was like leaning in because the guy was like, this is the knockout argument right. of why. So there's a point for people who don't know where Jesus tells Peter, uh, on this rock, I will build my church. And he talks about giving the keys to the kingdom and these kind of things, right? These terms that are, you know, what, what does this mean? And the guy you gave me, the Apollo, I think Scott Hahn or whatever, he right. said, this is the knockout right here. And he said, it relates to this passage in the Old Testament, which you've referenced. And he was right. so excited to tell you that. And I'm sorry, but when he was done with that, I just went, I don't buy it. Like it hey, was, but that's, that's, I wish, you, I wish, that's you making yeah, a decision. Right, right. Now, now, here's the thing. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying, he, like, yeah. hey, right, but I'm just saying. He I, gave his evidence. Right. He did not say, everyone listening, the Catholic Church says this, therefore bow down and accept right. it. He gave historical evidence. He right. tried to do what they call hermeneutics. Right. He said, look at the Old Testament compare this passage right he gave his argument he's reasonable i'm reasonable we're using our brains and i just go or not convinced. is he an expert 
and you are not. So whose argument listen, has more I weight? I listen to experts, but remember I said... I'm, I'm not more, saying there aren't going to be people who right, disagree. Right. I'm sure there's going right, to be somebody, right. whoever, you know, Joe right. Smith, who's the right. expert, See, there's a danger, will also disagree. There's a danger in following experts purely because they're experts, as you would admit. There have been bad experts who have been wrong. So I think the more important thing is the reasons why the expert thinks what he thinks. I don't okay. ever want to get into an argument over, well, there's 30 scholars who say this. Right. And so, all right. So let me ask you like, this. Let, so let's do it based on the reasons that they say it. Scott Hahn you. gave his reasons, and I just went, I'm sorry, man. It seems a little bit of a stretch. All right. Let me ask you this. So, so, so that's my right. I right. So let me ask you this. So I understand. And tell me if I'm wrong. So I understand yeah. you would say, you wouldn't say the Catholic Church is wrong, but you would say you're not convinced that it's right. Yeah, I think that's a pretty okay. reasonable approach, right? Okay. I, okay, I just want to make sure I was I mean, on we that, should but... probably always say stuff like that, you know? Right. Because I want to ask then, like, because again... I mean, I mean, I think that it's wrong right, right now. You know, I, but but I guess but okay, I, but let I me could, get to I, 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 like, yeah. I because I'm saying right now we're starting to argue over you know right like you said my guy says it says this my guy says right okay and I get I get where I that never goes like guy, using guys I, <laughs> I like using the guys reasons right I know and I'm right? just saying I get where we go I get where it goes down there but then I have to say to myself right and we're getting back to interpretation well obviously yeah. I think the last time I read you know there's like thirty three thousand denominations <laughs> yeah I hear and, that. and and you and fine you say I don't yeah. belong to any of these I'm right fine then you're thirty four thirty three thousand and one you know sure yeah. they can't can't all be right. right. Somebody right. has to be right. And I, I understand you you want to decide for yourself. But even like, so you got married and your pastor, and I don't know, yeah. you know, what the church was called, what it, right. like what it's called. I got married on the beach. But I mean, like, so what, what <laughs> yeah. church was there, he, actually. I know, right. But he has to belong to a church. Oh, right. Yeah, name yeah, of, yeah. It was named after the place in Florida where it Right, was, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, Florida Grove Church. Right, right. Who's probably more right? Florida Grove Church, which has probably existed for 25 years. Yeah, I think, or the Catholic Church. I'm not saying yeah, that yeah. makes it right, well, but you re- like so almost like the weight of the arguments. You gotta really look at the weight. Yeah, and I of think the that, Catholic Church's. I think that thirty arguments. Okay, yeah. Compared so, to other, there's, there's kind of like two things groups there. Of Christians there's like there. the long lasting nature of the Catholic Church and the 33, and not just the, not that the long last not, and like, the martyrs, kind of, yeah. not just that it's lasted because right bad right. things can last for a long time too. It's not sure. that it's just lasted, but that it's Consistent. been there from the beginning. Yeah. Even if it's an error, I mean, you might say, well, it, it, you know, in 100 AD, it went off track, but it's still been there and has been teaching the same thing. And so, I'm gonna, yeah. so I guess my point is they only made an error back in 100, whereas all these other people today, they've been making errors every 25 years because a new church keeps popping up. Well, I have the real interpretation. Well, I have the real No, I really have the real one. No, I really have the real one. Yeah. I would almost say, if anything, the Catholic Church only made one, like only messed up <laughs> back in 100. That's interesting. So they're yeah. still closest to the yeah. events Yeah. compared to all of these other. And I understand they're not just making up new stuff like Church of Grove. I mean, they're going to say, you know, we understand the Bible to mean whatever. But I'm just yeah. saying, who am I more likely to believe? The first church that popped up you know, official, organized, or the one that has popped up, yeah. you mean, 1,500 years later. So I'm saying even on the argument that I think yeah. anytime you talk about what, the, you know, what, who's Jesus, what's this mean, what's it, I feel like yeah. the Catholic Church has to be in the conversation. What does the Catholic Church say? Almost like they're, even if you don't expect, I understand sure. you're not just going to accept their opinion, but they're the expert in the room of this is what it's has lasted been the, the longest historical like understanding that. Of the, whatever that passage. So anyway, yeah. I okay. So we have the number of denominations, right, Which I ahead. hear a lot, and we have the long-lasting. Well, not just long-lasting, right, right, right. but but consistent. First on the scene, right, yeah. whatever. I'd I say. I have to. Uh, well, let's talk about the number of denominations. I think that's right. a little bit ex- 
it not that the number is exaggerated, but it paints a picture of like thirty three thousand different views. I don't think it's like that necessarily. I think you do have differences, right. but I think for the most part, you grab two Christians and you ask them the essential questions, they're going to give you the same answer. I, I think for the most part, I think we do nitpick. I guess that's where, I think but, we but do I, I guess that's where we say there's more than the essential questions. There's oh, sure. more there. It's yeah. not just okay, yeah, yeah. Jesus died and rose from the dead. There's <laughs> more to it. Well, and I, I, lo- I put more in the essentials than just that, but I'm just saying... But I even think there's more because that one time we talked about it and you were like yeah. the 10 essentials and I'm like, no, there's Did more. Did I say 10 essentials? I, I don't know what it was. Oh, yeah, okay. I feel like it was 10 or something. I'd like to know what those 10 essentials I don't know if you <laughs> named them. I think you were just like, yeah. right back when, the, originally yeah. when this, we started all this like, hey, yeah. we're sort of on the same page and I'm saying no. Yeah. In my book, there's like 200 essentials compared to your 10, sure, which are sure. essential. Right. So which that goes like, to, that like goes to not, differences of authority right. and things well, like not that. Just that. I'm not just even saying, I'm just saying there's like 200 things you need to know versus just 10. And so I'm saying I disagree that, that I think... That to me creates a very difficult faith, a faith where you have to know 200 things. Well, I'm not saying 200, but I'm saying you know there's, I mean? there's more to it right. than... The essentials of what I... The, the, I think that the original ahead. disciples anyway, so, right, were very basic fishermen with no education, and they got, like, the core of it, and they went out and preached that. I don't think that they were masters of divinity school, theology school. They were. I think they were given the basic message. Jesus gave a basic message, and that's it. Now, there are probably, there are probably more than 33,000 denominations. Right. My pastor, for example, whatever church he's at, it's not its own... Uh, splinter group that has its own like it's not like the waco cult you know where they were like right. we are our own thing or whatever these hundred people think the comet well, what's is coming, it a part of them or whatever it doesn't have to be a part of anything i'm just saying it <laughs> it's its own little it, splinter well thing. i i just mean it's not like radically just because it has the, a name of like florida grove or whatever the, right. the name it's not like See, radically, it's not like radical. radically different from other churches in florida you know what i mean like other other like assemblies of god vineyard whatever these other denominations but, are but they are different uh, right There's, anglican the they teachings might, are going to be different i think you'll see some differences but i think it's overblown when you say 33,000 it makes it sound like 33,000 different jesuses or something I, that's the way i that's what i think okay, it is okay i'm I just do. throwing out my view no right i know i do my, think my view is that it's well i mean i guess i guess right I, I guess my point is right i think a lot of people will agree on right i mean i i guess right a lot you of people can, I can will step agree into those churches and know what's going on right i guess i agree right a lot of people will agree on the basics i agree so maybe this is the big question for tonight and for us is christianity basic you know, I mean, mere Christianity. Right. Is that what it is? Because I think it kind of is. I think it is basic. With I think a structure that, that, that we Jesus ru- set up. Yeah. No, I, I like <laughs> it. Just, you know, I, I, like, I like what you're saying. I, I like what you're saying. But, but, um, I, I'm going to change And I don't think you okay. say that for no reason. Like I said, I think you, that the, the argument from history is probably the strongest one. Now, I'm going to fully admit to the audience, right. I'm not a master of this area. I think you'd probably say that, too. Right. I mean, we know enough to be dangerous. We know, like, names like Irenaeus right. or whatever, but it makes us sound smarter than we are. Right. Some of this stuff I have not looked into. I wonder, and I'm not asking for an answer if you don't know, but I wonder if it is as clear as you make it out to be where you say, we have one direct truth all the way back. It's the oldest one, and it's never changed. I wonder if you do see creep you know, like where you see like the first guy says uh, there's a pope. The second guy says there's a pope and this. And the third guy says now you're praying to Mary. You know what I mean? I'm just giving a radical example. It doesn't mean it's true. Right. But I'm just saying I haven't studied enough to even know is that what happened, What the way you portray it. And uh, I think that's a good thing to look into, you know, that I that I need to look into. But, you know. 
Right. Uh, I wanted to just change on a topic when we were talking about like praying to Mary and things like that. And I was going to say, because I think Pete writes, a lot of people think, oh, I got to pray to Mary. I'll just pray to God. Right. And I agree. You can pray right to God. But I think it's the idea of, I think sometimes we think of these people, you know, Jesus, Mary, and and anybody else as right. Almost statues of like, I'm going to pray to Jesus, like the statue. My point is, there's a relationship there, just like there's one here. So my point is, you know, right, you pray to Jesus, you, you want somebody to be healed, whatever. Yeah. Right. He sees how much you want it and all that stuff and, you know, all the whatever. But if you also ask Mary, just like on earth, now his mother is coming to him and like, hey, Jesus. <laughs> okay. Is this the thing really, about like his mother wouldn't turn him down? You would, or right, would, like the yeah. wedding feast. You know, if you would really, you know, that man really is suffering or whatever. Right. He really needs your help. You know, I mean, I'm just you saying it adds now a little extra weight. Right, so I'm saying that's why we say Mary and the saints, they're like intercessories, meaning like, She's interceding on your behalf. And I think, and that's why just like when I was saying about the relationship, I, I want to say like, again, not that it's like earth because I mean, there's differences, but I think people don't understand like, is that a, why you, is that why you would pray to Mary? Right. Cause, cause I, 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 as a Christian would be like, you know, I view Mary as a great person. I do not, I hope that nobody takes it. Right. When I talk to Catholics, I'm dissing on her because, right. you know, they say, blessed are you. And I believe she was blessed, you know, all these things. And that's great. But I'm looking at it as, why would I ever choose to pray to her? Right. The argument that Jesus would um, never turn her down or something is also, just seems like totally... Like the wedding feast. Yeah, right. yeah, but the wedding feast, but he says, woman, it's not my time yet. Like, right. I, I see him in several times in the but gospel. Then see, go, see, but then he does, he does go do give it. him the wine. He does, so he does do, do it, do it. But, right. but it doesn't seem to be because she told him to. But see, I take that as, right, right he doesn't want to yeah. do it. But yeah. my mother's asking me to... I'm going to do yeah. like... There's another example too, and I can't same. remember what it is, where I was just listening to this, so you know, people have to go and look it up. But see if Jesus in the Gospels is portrayed as a person that always does what his mother says. Right. I see him as a person that treated God as his father, obviously, and he was always doing what God wanted him to do, even if it meant disobeying his parents, his earthly parents. So I don't understand that necessarily. But that, that can be something people go and look into, because right. off the top of my head, I can't quote you the verses. I would love to have that memory. But I was just listening to some stuff about that recently. I just find it interesting. I find it kind of bizarre. She's in heaven. She's dead. She's the same as any of the, of the other Christian believers would be, potentially, that are in heaven. However, she's she somehow receives prayer. Well, she's not the same as all of them. Though. She's higher than all of them. Okay, see, that, yeah, so that's, that, that's, that's the thing higher... that feels smuggled into me, but obviously right. you knew I was going to say that, you know? Well, I it's, just one of those, it's just one of those things where I just don't, I feel like well, how that okay, feels let me ask like you, a let's, later let's, development. If, and I don't even know, because I don't know what your yeah. understanding is. So does everybody, you know, does everybody have original sin? That's a good question. I'd say right now I definitely think that's legit. Okay. We have the desire to do what's wrong. Like, right. Even no, okay, that's early, not even what I was going to yeah, get. Yeah. I was trying to get to like, we're more about Mary stuff. So like, yeah. does Jesus have original sin I'm assuming you'll say no because he's God, but I don't know. Maybe you'll say yes. Yeah, the whole know. idea of Jesus is he's a sinless sacrifice. Right. So yeah. But I guess I was trying <laughs> to make the point of right. And I, I'm sure a lot of people are going to say like he's God, so he would you know like he's sinless. Uh, I was just trying to. Make, I was going to say. Uh, so you think it would taint him if if Mary was right. sinful, right? But, right. So Mary has yeah. to be born. That sort of goes sin. almost to original sin being like genetic. Because I've right. heard some people say right. that it's Adam like a genetic Eve. thing. I wouldn't say it's genetic. I mean, I would say it's more of a spiritual right, genetics, right? right spiritual right. genetics. I don't think it works the same as right. a mother passing on blue eyes or right. something like that. Um, yeah, so that but, that's interesting. Anyway. But that that about Mary being sinless, I'll just throw out real quick that there's a point in the Gospels where she says, my God and my Savior, when she's praying, 
which to me seems to be like you need a savior because you sin. Those those things, the brothers, the savior, him denying his mother a few times, and and you know that kind of stuff to me just is this the same picture that the Catholic Church paints? So I think we've kind of right, we right. kind of understand where each other are coming from, right? And okay. obviously a lot more study could could be done about that. But right. you you wanted to go somewhere. Uh, yeah, quick well, just here. one last topic. As I we're guess kind of wrapping up. Get your understanding. Give it uh, to me. You know, I find people have difficulty explaining. Uh, so what about obviously the Catholic Church? Uh, yeah. You know, Eucharist, Blessed Sacrament, Holy Communion, whatever. Right. I'm going to say it's the real presence. You know, true body and blood, soul and divinity. And I think we've even talked about this. You know, off mic that. If if that really is Jesus, I mean, it just really is. Like, obviously, that's where everybody should be, right? right. And, and if, this, if the Catholic Church is the only right. one who has it, right? So, I mean, I'm assuming. I mean, I'm not saying this to put you down. I'm just trying to like cut oh, to yeah. the chase that you'll say that the Catholic Church just sort of made that up at some point too, you know, in its line of creep, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, maybe I shouldn't have said that. But right. you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Things like slowly creeping, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. So this is the big one for me. Right. Yeah, you know, when he says you're going to eat my body, drink my blood, and people leave. Right, yeah. Uh, you know, and he doesn't go back and, yes. like, you don't understand yes. me. Yeah. Uh, there's that. Um, obviously, the Catholic Church has the tradition that it, you know, it's, that, it, that it was literally body and blood, right. all that I stuff. I think the people who left throughout. definitely thought mm-hmm. he was talking about cannibalism. Right. You know? I think the people who left were like, this is too crazy. Right. Um, we know Jesus taught a lot in parables, but there's a point, I was just studying this in Matthew where he says, let those who have ears to hear hear. Let those who have eyes to see see. He talks right. about like you have to work a little to get what I'm saying. He actually says I've hidden things from a lot of people. It's only the ones who are searching for it that'll find it. Intentionally, I think Jesus did not want to be killed early. I think he definitely did things to cover the fact that he was God. I think he did a lot of things to be like this small group will get it, but if the larger group gets it, I'm right. I'm I'm going to be killed in two seconds. I don't know. There's elements where he seems to be like purposely wrapping things in riddles. Uh, and then he says, you know, the explanation to his disciples privately or whatever. Um, with the transubstantiation, it's the right. idea that the the bread turns into his physical body or whatever. Right. I mean, he's at the dinner. He's at the Last Supper. He holds up the cup and he goes, this is my blood. He holds up the bread and he goes, this is my body. I just, in my head... I just literally see him holding objects and saying, it's poured out for you. Every time you do this, remember me. And that's, in every church I've been to, we talk about different denominations, we've had, whether it's grape juice, wine, chunks of bread, I've seen wafers, I've seen all kinds of stuff, but everybody does this thing. We eat it and we remember Jesus, right? The Catholic Church says, no, it's physically Jesus's body, right? right? That, to me... A question I've always had. Am I interrupting you, by the no, way? No, I'm listening. Were you going? Okay, no, sorry. I'm just listening sorry. to you. I, I no. feel like I was like latching onto something and you no, had a right. question or something. No, I'm just um, listening. I've always wondered, and I'm sure you've probably heard this, like as a skeptic, even, even a complete unbeliever. Right. Doesn't this seem like something that you could test scientifically? You know, I'm and I'm sorry to like act right. like one of these guys because I right, you know right. it, maybe it's unfair, but like right. That's a bold claim, right? right? It is, <laughs> right. and I don't right. like. It I don't is. like when people always right. say it requires extraordinary evidence. You right. know, extraordinary claim or whatever. Because I think right. you can just have good evidence. Yeah, no, but I, it's a claim that it is physically in your stomach, right? But Jesus, potentially so, Yeshua, uh, you know, the, right. the his human form right. is in your stomach, right? I mean, I I wonder what that would even mean, like how that helps anything. But I also, and I I, I catch myself sounding like one of these skeptics, so I right, apologize. No, that's okay. I'm sure your kids probably ask this when you tell them this. How do how do your kids react? Like maybe that's uh, what yeah, you, I really don't know. Because I mean, you're telling they're them still they're kind of young. I don't eating, know. Oh, they don't. They're not there yet. I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously, only 
I mean, one will be making the, her first Holy Communion this year, so they'll yeah. make only three of them right. that you know only receive communion. She's yeah. probably young. I mean, you know, you, you teach it do to them. Do they tell kids this stuff, or do they kind yeah, of keep no, that for the adult? No, no, I mean, I, I don't mind. I'm just yeah. Saying. No, I mean, they, they the, the idea is. Uh, so I mean, most like kids make their communion. Like drinking blood, right? A kid might think of that as like a vampire. Right. Or something. Well, typically in the Latin mass, you really just receive the host. But yeah, if you went to the English mass to yeah. now, like they do the blood. But um, well, I mean, what do, do you think? What do you think happens? Like when you, I want to know. Right. I want to. So, so it's I called play right, by so, play. You drink the wine. <laughs> right. So it's called. It's called. I mean, so right. It's transubstantiation. Where does um, it become physical blood? Because so, we're not talking about spiritual blood, which is what I think. So the uh, the idea is, that, I mean, the teaching of the Catholic Church is you're right. It physically changes, right. but the appearance remains the same. So yes, yeah. it looks like you know bread and wine. Okay. So is it like now? This is maybe a crazy question, but right. humor me. Is it like molecularly bread? But right, but now see, then that to no, me says I would say it can't no. be physically. No, I'm sorry. Appear, right. No, I would say no. Like uh, the only the it has so the it appearance. looks like bread, right? But molecular. I know it's a funny thing to right, say. Right, and I'm not it's sure of this say. exact science. But I am so. trying to get at the physical part because to, I would. It's right. a big claim to say physical. It's right. spiritual. You're not going to test right. it. It's physical, not. It's not right. going it to. It's going to defy it would, all testing. It right? would say. I'm just, I would say the church says right. Symbolic thing is not uh, is not physically appearing. right. Molecular. There have been now. I'm a not saying a piece of bread goes into your stomach. Right. It it looks okay. So the church says it looks like bread. Right. So if you chew, barf it out, whatever you see, it's bread. Okay, you go. Right. I get it. Where what part of it is physical? So is it the yeah? You know, you can see why people would right. I would say it's literally his body. Literally, like right. I mean, I would imagine if I was to eat a piece of like literal flesh. Yeah. Like yes, that's it's literally yeah. his body, literally okay. his body. Right, but it looks like bread. Right, but so so like molecularly, I'm sorry to keep I, saying yeah, that. I don't know. It is just the curious. I part don't know of my the brain. scientific composition. Yeah, there, yeah. there have been. It would be skin composition. So there, well, but it would look well, I would only, say like, so only like a hologram, been, right? Like a hologram of bread. There have been, you know, and I'm not saying this is evidence. You know, it's up to people to decide whether it's real or not. Right. But so there, just like the incorruptibles, there have been uh, Eucharistic miracles, which means there are some, you know, and they're preserved somewhere, Rome, chalice, whatever. Yeah. Like hosts that, I don't, I'm not saying they continually bleed, but they have bled, like blood. Okay. So they're this, saying this, this is, wafer... This ho- so again, I know a lot they of people out there skeptics the are like, "Oh, that's well, a they, bunch the of." The Catholic Church <laughs> believes this is like legit, right? This right, not in, right, in right. The categories of like miracles that they deny. No, this would they, be. They like tested legit. this one. They said, "Yeah, it's blood." Right, and they have, they have. There's, I have a book on them. I'd have to, you know, show it to you. I Dust mean, it off. and and you'd have to research it. If, but like, there are some that you know, and so they still have the host like preserved wherever, but like, they have taken the so, blood out of it and. Like when they do it all, like it has the same DNA of like a human being. This would be wine, right? Because in in the in well, no, the, well, in the no, story, in, we're saying that the wine is blood. But no, Jesus it, well, says this is my blood. Right. But the host is both the body. Like it contain. Like Jesus can't be separated, so it can't be like here's my. So body, it's not that the blood. wine is blood, then the bread no, is the, body. Right. The, and actually, that's why before Vatican Council II, they only used to receive the host. Like the people. When you keep saying the host, do you mean bread? The bread, the bread, right. Okay, they only did the bread. Right, because they did not want people to think only his body's here and his blood's over here. Like, uh, I see he's completely right. in the host, body and blood, right. soul and divinity. Right, right, right. But you weren't 100% sure about the molecules and stuff. <laughs> right, I, just, I mean, that's, I, I don't know the science. Because it like, sounds like, it, I mean, it's just, you <laughs> but, know, you understand the um, question. It's like a hologram of bread, but underneath right. it's skin or something. I mean, these are bold things but again i go to that and i look at the story where jesus said that and he just lifts it up and he goes this is 
it's so in line with everything else that he does where he uses symbols that I, I have just an easy time just going, now, I'm not saying, oh, you're you're right. not smart enough, no, right. but I just I just look at that and go, oh, okay, it's a symbol. And it is a weird thing to think that, and I've said this to you before, in my view, that this entire splinter of Christianity went off for years with just a difference of opinion on this one thing, and this probably goes to your point about interpretation and the importance of interpretation. Right. They've splintered off massive splinter of Christianity that thinks this symbol is not as clear as it sounds. It's actually his physical body and blood. It's not a symbol. And so then you have these two groups that don't agree on this. I don't know what the importance level of that is. You, know, you seem to think it's very important. Like, well, if I mean, it's I physically say, there, that, that it's like right, if it's a real a real there, thing that, you know. And, and you've agreed with too. I mean, if that's really, I mean, it really, let's just say it just is, you know, it is whatever. Right. Like, well, then that's where you should be, right? If that's the only church that literally has Jesus. What do you claim to get in, out of that, you know, out of the, the body and blood? Like, what do you think as a believer? You, I wonder, well, I think it's spiritual you, you food. I mean, it's spiritual food. I think it. But when you eat the physical thing, you get a spiritual nourishment. Is that the idea? Right, in a okay. nutshell. I'll say, yeah. So our end result is the same, probably, then. I mean, it's what it well, sounds I would like. Say, uh, because well, I claim to get spiritual nourishment also. I mean, but I would, <laughs> that's right, funny. Okay. That's not where I, a sentence I thought I would say tonight. <laughs> but again, into to interpretation, uh, under, you know, what, were the, what were the early believers doing? Yeah. It would be cool if you were right, because it would make it easier, potentially. Although I might come back on that and say that you have to interpret what the Pope says. You have to interpret what every human says still. You're not free off the hook of interpretation ever. We pointed out that people do misinterpret the Pope constantly, right? Even though he's the Pope, um, so I think we're never going to be off the hook 100. percent But I do like the idea that somebody would just go, "That's the answer," because that's that's an easier path. But I don't think we're in that path. Well, I think it's it's not as I mean, right? I, well, I think it's like a combination of the two. Meaning, right? There's, I'll just you know say. There's leadership and guidance, but as we talked, I mean, there's, you know, yeah. there's humans involved, so it's messy, Right. but I don't know how the message of Jesus mm-hmm. and even me as a Christian living my life without leadership and guidance, right? Meaning, you know, Pope, apostles, whatever, however you want to put it. It is what we have today. Everybody's just believing their own thing and interpreting it themselves. Right. Now, and, I, I still do believe that those people can why. be saved. Uh, you know, that's to use the slang or whatever, but they are, they, I think, uh, right, I believe they are right, true if, believers in right, Christ. Right, I, I, I agree. Despite I agree. Not knowing everything. Right, believing what they believe to be the truth at that moment. Like, right, even I those agree. snake handler guys who everybody laughs at and says, what are you doing? They interpreted a passage about snakes as like they should pick up snakes and hang them. You know, in the South, right. they were doing that. And people laugh at that. And, you know, I kind of laugh at that too. I'm like, what are you doing? But I still think if that guy truly in his heart trusts Jesus, he's wacky in some of his ideas. And this is how I view you, you know? Uh, not not the wackiness, right, right. but, you know, snakes and stuff. <laughs> but, you know, that you are still a true believer. Uh, I, I, I think I agree with that in general. Yeah. I think, every, right, and I mean, I know you probably agree with this too. Yeah. Like, every, it's all individual, meaning, right, that guy's shaking the ch- snake charmer. Yeah. And just like, you know, and I <laughs> I may this will be a good way to end. I'm going to throw, yeah, sure, I'm gonna throw, to throw it on you. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> so, right, I really don't know what's in his heart. Is he... The Pope said you can't judge, Is right? he getting inspiration, <laughs> right, to, you know, look into whether the Catholic Church, or maybe not even the Catholic Church, maybe, maybe he leaps frog from, you know, snakes to, you know, Forest Grove Church then to Baptist, then the Catholic Church, whatever. I'm just saying, right. it, maybe he's receiving inspiration that, you know, eh, maybe there's yeah. more you're not looking at. And as I said, uh, I, t- I told you before, right, to end it, like, 
the person who doesn't know the Catholic Church, right? And some people were raised in families that that's the most evil thing, whatever. And maybe they right, never right. break free from that. Yeah. You know, they might be accorded to a different judgment. But those who have been, and that means everybody who's listened to this podcast, who have been exposed <laughs> to it, smiled when he said that, are under the obligation to investigate it. Yeah, you know I mean, you can't just dismiss it now. This is, I mean, I'm not going to go be so bold, but this could be. Is that uh, why you smiled? Because you've now, you've now right, like, cursed yeah. everyone who's listened. Now they right. have to investigate. Right. So meaning more to you, because we've talked about this before. Yeah. Uh, yes. I mean, you are obligated now yeah. to, until you've, you are either you know completely something. satisfied that the right. Catholic Church is wrong. It's not just right. like, you know, I'm going to read this book, you know, yeah. with Scott Hahn. Oh, he made some good points. Yeah, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. And you just sort of leave, you know, uh, it yeah. makes me think, I don't know. And you just drop it. Yeah, I'm saying now you have to. You're on the path. This is the warning, folks. Investigate it. I think that's a great place to end it, though. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't go as far as that. You've cursed everyone with. Yeah, this thing. no, I'm not saying it's However, a curse. How, yeah, I know. I know what you mean. It's uh, a path of truth. This is how knowledge goes. I think you investigate. I think you keep looking. I don't. I don't think you necessarily stop. I mean, I will say, I think these are questions that you and I are more interested in looking into than a lot of people. Right. But I do hope that people do investigate things and, and make up their own mind. I mean, this was never intended to be a complete discussion. Obviously, right. there's so many things that people can go off and. And look there's at. so many things that we. Do. I mean, I don't know about Catholicism. Right. That. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, again, back to the beginning when people are like, you know, some people try to think they ask a Catholic a question about one thing and they don't know that answer is oh, yeah, Catholic, it's not Catholics fair. don't know anything. Right. It's I mean, not it's fair. But I would much prefer to ask a Catholic than right. to just sit in a room and silently think thoughts about Catholics. Right. So I uh, thank you for coming on here. Yep, thanks for and, having me. Yeah, uh, we got a real in-the-flesh person to talk to here. <laughs> so uh, thank you, and uh, we'll see you.